progress. Okay, thank you. Uh, Uh, Recording in progress. Please, Madam Clerk. Commissioners Canberra. Present. Chen. Present. Uh, Montgomery. Present. Cherlo Pilato. Present. That, there's four present, and Commissioner Tilos uh, will be absent tonight. All right. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, so the only item on our agenda tonight is item 3A. Uh, which is the hearing on Sunshine Ordinance complaint filed on April 13th, 2022. Um, as I mentioned, this item is continued from our May 2nd meeting. The party presentations have been completed. Public comment has also been completed and is now closed. And um, as this is a continuation of a hearing for the most part, we'll be picking up right where we left off on uh, May 2nd with one possible exception, which I'll, I'll mention in a minute. Um, so I want to briefly reorient everyone uh, before we dive in and give some background to any members of the public who weren't watching the last hearing, um, and then I'll give some housekeeping about the structure of the discussions for tonight. So um, first, just a quick recap that I think might be helpful um, about some of the findings made and which claims are still at issue here. So uh, the complaint is brought by complainant Aaron Frazier against the city of Alameda. Uh, the complaint raised nine separate claims arising out of a Public Records Act request made on April 19th, 2021, and the communications between Mr. Frazier and the city, which occurred after that. The initial requested issue is an email, which you can find in Exhibit C to the complaint, which is attached to this agenda item still. And um, the complaint was filed on April 13th, 2022. Uh, it alleges claims under the city of Alameda's local Sunshine Ordinance, as well as uh, the city's obligations under state law, specifically the California Public Records Act. And at our May 2nd meeting, we completed our findings with respect to the procedural and jurisdictional questions presented by the complaint. Specifically, we delineated uh, which claims the commission finds to be time barred uh, based on the evidence presented, arguments and legal guidance given to the commission. Um, you can find the list of issues presented in the complaint uh, filed by Mr. Frazier on, claim, on page one. Uh, we'll be referring to those as claims, uh, but we'll use the numerical order that he used in the complaint. So in our May 2nd meeting, a majority of the commission found three claims to be time barred in full under the Sunshine Ordinance's requirement that claims be filed with the Open Government Commission within 15 days of the alleged violation. Those were claim number one, claim number three, and claim number seven. Um, to be clear, when we refer to uh, a time barred finding that's specific to our jurisdiction as the Open Government Commission, um, to consider claims only within a certain time frame. It's not a finding about whether a claim would be timely if brought in civil court. Um, separately, but similarly, on May 2nd, uh, we also found that claim number nine was procedurally barred because it seeks a determination regarding attorney's fees and costs, which are remedies outside the scope of this commission's jurisdiction. Uh, if anyone has any questions about that summary, if any commissioners feel I misstated anything, obviously, feel free to raise a hand and chime in um, and I'll move on to the remainder of the claims. Um, for everything that's left that I didn't name, the commission is able to undertake further analysis to determine whether each individual claim should be sustained or denied based on the substantive facts. 
Um, however, each of those claims was found to be partially time barred under the Sunshine Ordinance's 15-day requirement in our last meeting. So that means the commission can only analyze the claims with respect to the city's actions after March 29th, 2022, which is 15 days before the complaints filing. Um, the five claims which I have noted as advancing to a substantive analysis are claim number two, which involves questions about the required electronic format of records. Claim number four, which involves questions about the Sunshine Ordinance's provisions about law enforcement information. Claim number five, which involves questions about the CPRA sections regarding law enforcement information. Claim number six, which involves questions regarding the Sunshine Ordinance's restrictions on an agency withholding entire records. And claim number eight, which involves questions about the timeliness of the city's response to Mr. Fraser's records request. Um, at the end of our May 2nd meeting, we began but did not complete deliberations on the substantive merits of claim number two. Um, so I'll pause for a second. Uh, does that all sound correct to commissioners so far? That summary, good to go. All right. Um, so tonight we'll proceed with deliberations on all five of those claims. We will be making findings on whether a violation of the ordinance occurred within the window of time that we're allowed to consider. Um, also, I think important to note that to the extent the commission finds a violation of the Sunshine Ordinance as to any claim uh, pursuant to Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-93.8b, uh, the commission may but isn't required to recommend to the city steps necessary to cure or correct the violation. Um, I wanna also just quickly touch on the process that has unfolded since our last hearing um, to help explain the case file that you can see in the agenda tonight. So um, at the end of the hearing on May 2nd, Commissioner Canberra requested the commission issue a further question um, to each party on claim number two. Uh, Vice Chair Chan then requested um, time for commissioners to review notes from the hearing and pose additional questions to the parties. Um, given the complexity of the issues and everything that we had heard in the hearing, it was decided the commissioners would have two business days um, until close of business on Wednesday, May 4th to send the clerk supplemental questions. The parties would then be invited to submit optional supplemental written responses to those questions. And we set a deadline of Wednesday, May 11th for those responses. Uh, members of the public and commissioners can, you can all see those questions and responses reflected in tonight's agenda materials. I do wanna quickly acknowledge here that during our hearing, we suggested a two page maximum on further submissions from the parties uh, before Commissioner Chen's request for broader supplemental information requests on any topic, which ultimately ended up being um, several questions to the parties. So I wanna really acknowledge and thank both parties uh, for their impressive work sticking to that two page limit despite the expanded scope of questions. And um, I found the supplemental responses to be extremely helpful and well-written and I hope the other commissioners did as well. Um, so quickly just talking about structure for deliberations. Uh, as I said in our last meeting, uh, while part of my role as commission chair will be to make sure we stay within the scope of the task at hand, I am mindful of the human side of this complaint. Um, we are talking about underlying records relating to the death of Mario Gonzalez, which may bring up strong emotions. Um, and while the scope of our work here on the OGC doesn't involve weighing in on those underlying facts, um, I wanna acknowledge that that compartmentalization can require some mental and emotional energy. So any commissioners, if you wanna take a break at any point, if you need to take a recess, um, I'm absolutely gonna honor that. So I um, wanted to say that up front. And um, I think for proceeding, I would propose that we proceed claim by claim so we can give as much clarity to the chief assistant city attorney 
who will then begin drafting the written decision for us um, based on our discussion tonight. So um, that's going to be a big task. So as much as possible, um, commissioners, I would just say, let's try to really stay aware of the task in front of us, try to be as methodical as we can. And, um, you know, if there's generalized concerns that are outside the scope of these claims or, you know, patterns about other complaints um, that aren't really directly relevant to the resolution of this specific complaint, I'll just note there's an outlet for that now, our annual report on issues encountered in the administration of the Sunshine Ordinance. So I'd encourage everyone to keep a separate set of notes um, on topics that might be, you know, useful for a future meeting. Uh, rather than, you know, potentially spending a lot of time on that here tonight. Um, so I wanted to bring up the topic of time limits for us, potentially. Our complaint procedure doesn't set any time limits for commissioner deliberations, but we have used them in the past. Um, given the high volume of independent claims we need to analyze, I think imposing time limits on ourselves um, would be really helpful here. So, uh, you know, I think we need to balance the importance of including kind of well-reasoned analysis so we can be flexible about those limits, but we have five claims to address. Some have multiple sublayers, plus the possibility of overarching discussion around, you know, any possible recommendations. So um, I thought about potentially doing a short time limit per commissioner per claim, um, but I'm inclined to suggest something more like 20 minutes per commissioner for the entire deliberative process on all five claims that way. Folks can, you know, potentially save their time for uh, particular claims they have more comments about. Some issues may be thornier than others. Um, but then I think, you know, it's it's pretty critical that the motion on our findings is, is really specific and well laid out. So if we need to pause the clock for that, I think that's okay um, and wouldn't count against commissioner time. So um, commissioners, I wanted to kind of do a check here. Do we have agreement about self-imposing time limits? Um, does that sound good? You could do a thumbs up or a nod and I think if we have agreement, um, okay, awesome. Uh, Commissioner Canberra. Oh, you're muted. I was trying to be good and stay on mute to keep the dog from uh, barking. Anyway, I think the only concern I would express would be under just the general rubric of due process that we do need to make findings and yeah. that could take longer depending on each one of these five that we're gonna be doing. So I'm happy to go with the, the five minute limits that you suggest. However, if we are in the middle of a discussion, I don't think that should prevent commissioners from participating, but we could deal with that on an individual basis. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Um, and I think that makes sense. I actually, yeah. So if I'm thinking of 20 minutes overall across five claims, it actually would potentially be even shorter of four minutes per claim. Hopefully some of them will be a little bit easier as we get through, but um, my vision for this, I'm absolutely in agreement with this, we can include this in sort of a motion here, would be that we plan to include some flexibility if needed. Um, I can definitely say as the chair, that would be my thinking as well. So we, but I, I do think some aspirational time limits would be, would be helpful to structure our meeting. Uh, Vice Chair Chen, I think I saw your hand up as well. Oh, no, I was just saying I. Okay, great. Well, um, yeah, I think if, if we have, <laughs> that's great. I was going to say, would anyone be willing to offer a motion to impose time limits on deliberations of 20 minutes per commissioner with flexibility if needed? I think you could just say so moved and then hopefully someone will second. We can take a quick vote. So moved. Second. All right, great. Madam Clerk, could we take a roll call vote, please? Commissioners Canberra. 
muted. But I, <laughs> that was an I. I. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Chen. I. Montgomery. I. Chair Lopaletta. I. That carries by four eyes. All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, so one final housekeeping item uh, before we go into our deliberations. Um, there is one more event which occurred um, between our May 2nd hearing and today that I think is worth noting for members of the public and, and possibly for commissioners. Um, for any members of the public who didn't watch the May 2nd hearing, um, the representative for the city, Mr. Cohen, uh, mentioned several times that all records responsive to the complainant's PRA request had not yet been released because the administrative investigation uh, was still pending. Um, I think that at one point he actually said, you know, once that's complete, we'll produce everything. It's going to answer a lot of questions that have been posited here. So um, that administrative investigation report has now been posted to the city's website and um, the press release with it indicates additional records may be posted. So um, there's references to that new factual development in some of the supplemental questions and responses. But given this potentially significant shift in the factual landscape, um, occurring between our original hearing and these deliberations. Um, I have a question that I suspect most or all commissioners share, which is, um, you know, potentially I'd like to propose reopening commissioner questioning of the parties for the very limited purpose of asking one to two questions to respondent regarding whether the city still intends to disclose further records responsive to the complainant's PRA request or if it's the city's position that, you know, now all responsive disclosable records have now been released. Um, and I think if the response is that there are further records to produce, we got asked the follow-up of, you know, whether those records were items that's been in the city's possession this entire time or whether they're items that the, you know, the city only gained possession of as part of this receiving the administrative investigators report. Um, I think that question of whether the factual record is complete versus if it's continuing to evolve um, is a pretty foundational issue uh, that we would need clarity on before we get going. Um, but I wanted to check in with all of you. If we had agreement on that, I would want to you know, record it in a motion and we could uh, bring a representative for respondent in for just the limited purpose of those one or two questions. Um, Commissioners, how do, do you share my curiosity about that? Um, does that sound like a good plan? Okay, I see some head nods. All right. so. Um, if we have agreement on that, I'd love to just record it in a motion again. So um, would anyone be willing to offer a motion to reopen commissioner questions for the limited purpose of seeking clarity on whether respondent intends to produce further records in response to complainant's PRA request? So moved. Thank you. Second. And we have a second. Madam Clerk, could you please take a roll call vote? Commissioners Canberra. Aye. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Aye. Lopalato. Aye. That carries by four eyes. Okay, great. Um, well, thank you, everyone. Um, Madam Clerk, I think maybe the best process here would be if you can uh, promote the representative for respondents so that we could ask um, this two limited, one, maybe 1A, one 1B one limited questions that I laid out. Sorry, we had some confusion in here. You only wanted the respondent, right? We we had mixed up yeah. in the studio. Okay, we're taking out the complainant, and um, so I, I've we've promoted a special counsel, Michael Rausch. Okay, um, welcome, Mr. Rausch. I don't know. Who, are you there? All right, great. I am. I am here. 
Okay. Um, thank you for being here. Um, so as, as you probably just heard, um, we uh, have a slight change to the factual landscape in the case since our last meeting um, that leaves us in kind of an ambiguous status. So we were hoping to ask you uh, one question with possibly one follow-up and I'll, I'll just restate the question um, as, uh, you know, does the city still intend to disclose further records responsive to the complainant's PRA request now that the administrative investigation is complete? Or is the city's position that all responsive disclosable records have now been released? Mr. Ash, if you need any background, I'm sure you have someone to give it to you as well. Yes, uh, and uh, I was asked to come in sort of at a very uh, late uh, situation. So I'm beginning up to speed today, and but I believe I have enough information to answer that particular question. Uh, the administrative investigation, of course, has been uh, disclosed. It's been uh, on the city's website, but there are approximately 800 pages of exhibits that, um, that went along with that report. And those exhibits um, are in the process from the outside legal counsel who prepared the report of doing certain redactions, again, for purposes of privacy uh, and things of that nature. And until that redaction is completed, those 800 pages or so, you know, have not been produced, but they will be. We are hoping that that disclosure or that uh, completion of that work takes place uh, within the next uh, seven to 10 days, hopefully sooner. But um, until that until that is completed or when that is completed, then that would conclude all of the documents uh, that we are aware of that would be uh, produced in response to the Public Records Act request. Um, it's just given the, the volume, we were not able to, or the outside legal counsel was not able to complete that work to get it out by today, but that work is ongoing and, uh, and will, be, will be forthcoming very, very soon. Okay, thank you, Mr. Rausch. Um, and I appreciate you jumping in to, to join us uh, as a substitute here. That was, that was a thorough answer, much appreciated. We do have, I think, uh, a follow-up question that is probably a necessary component of that, which is those um, 800 pages of exhibits are, are the items that are contained within those exhibits, um, items that have been in the city's possession are they, are they records that the city gave to the um, administrative investigator or um, are they sort of standalone new pieces of documents that would be, are being given to the city for the first time now? My understanding that these were documents, um, certainly some of which would have come from the city. I mean, I don't doubt that, uh, that some of those were city documents that were given to the, uh, to the law firm that was doing the investigation. There may have, there may also be though documents in there. Um, you know, some of those documents undoubtedly are also part of the um, the documents that have already been released. But there's may also be some documents there that were created as a result of the investigation, the administrative investigation itself. Uh, you know, notes or or other documents that the uh, the outside investigator may have produced. So it's undoubtedly a combination of those things. Uh, but certainly to the extent that uh, that they have been documents that were in the city's possession, it is my understanding that those documents have been released, some of which may have been redacted, obviously, 
but that those have been released previously. There, there's obviously or presumably a lot, some redundancy between those exhibits and what has already been produced uh, in response to the request. Okay, um, thank you, Mr. Rush. I just, I don't mean to ask a, a second follow-up, but um, just so that I have it clear, um, am I hearing that the, the documents that would have already been in the city's possession your understanding is they've already been released in some capacity? That is my understanding that to the extent that the, <clears throat> that the documents are city documents, um, those documents have been released as part of the ongoing release of documents that have been occurring in this particular case. Um, but I can't say for sure that, that all the 800 pages, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of them have not been released previously either because they were not city documents or if they were city documents that they needed to be redacted in such a way that they would not have been produced earlier. Because I haven't reviewed those uh, 800 pages because they haven't been released to the city, I can't give you a, a more definitive answer and I apologize for that, but that's the, the best I can give you under the circumstances. Okay, thank you. Um, I think that's that's all that we have within our limited scope of reopening questioning. Um, appreciate you joining us, Mr. Rush. You're welcome. All right, Madam Clerk, I think we can return to just the commission. We're removing him now. Okay. Thank you. Escorting individuals out of the Zoom room. Uh, Commissioner Canberra, I see a question. Hey. Yeah, this is a, a procedural question that um, there's going to be new documents released, and I assume they are going to fall under the ongoing complaint that Mr. Frazier has filed since it's all part of the same production, so that we may not actually have a final decision this evening and may visit this again in another month or two. Um. Yeah, that's, that was part of kind of wanting to get to the bottom of this. Uh, at the beginning of the hearing, my sense, and I, I'm, I will ask the Chief Assistant City Attorney to weigh in here, is that just as we were about to do on May 2nd, we um, can probably move through findings, uh, and I would think reach a conclusion to um, this complaint, perhaps just being conscientious about including disclaimer language like, based on the information available to the commission as of May 18th, you know, before any finding that we make, because an issue I anticipate is that these further disclosures may come out between us concluding our hearing and the written decision being finalized. So I think in order to actually wrap up the process at some point, given that complainant didn't withdraw his complaint and, you know, ask to have everything be considered at a much later date, um, I think we probably have to, to move forward as best we can. Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, um, would love your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I, I agree with your general premise that, um, that whatever decision is rendered tonight by all of you, that it will be, um, I will make clear in the proposed decision for your review and hopefully ultimate signature, that it is limited to the scope of facts that is before us now or before you now. Um, meaning that um, should Mr. Frazier or any other complainant, once the additional, if there's an additional, which it sounds like there may be for Mr. Rausch, if there is an additional production, if there is a complaint that comes out of that, 
you know, either due to the su sufficiency of the production or various redactions made in it or any other um, issue that the com any complainant may feel is appropriate, then there would be another, there could be the basis for another complaint about it. But I think we do need to cut it off at a certain point or else it could be, well, the, the, the Sunshine Ordinance does not provide for sort of um, a continuing um, wrong, so to speak. So I think the way we would address it is the way that you just mentioned that um, the statement of decision would make clear that based on the information in front of the commission as of um, May, what is the date today? I'm sorry. Um, 18th. 18th, I'm sorry. <laughs> the days are getting away from me that, um, that, that that would be, it would be frozen in time as of that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that it sounds like that's sort of the, the path to proceed along. Um, and I'm wondering, uh, Madam Clerk, perhaps if you wanna maybe just keep an eye on your correspondence in case the complainant somehow emails to say, uh, you know, that he wants the hearing pulled or, you know, obviously we want to re uh, respect the way that the complainant might want to go along with that. But um, I think the fact that we proceeded before with an incomplete file, is a good indication that, uh, that we probably need to do so here. Commissioner Montgomery. I think he has his hand up now. Like, I'm not sure if that's about this, this. or something else, it's a little tricky. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Um, hand has been up since the beginning, so I, I don't necessarily know if it was in response to this. Okay. Um, and I don't have any emails, so about okay. drawing. Okay. Um, I am not inclined to open up a lot of sort of further back and forth about uh, additional information from the parties. I think uh, uh, if our complainant is here and, and you know, wants to be heard on this question of what- uh, He did email and says he wants the hearing to proceed. Wants the hearing to proceed, excellent, yeah. okay. And his, he also clarified it was about something else and did tell me what it was, but- <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, I think our, um, except for the fact that the factual record is continuing to evolve because the city hasn't completed its production um, of what it's, it's stating it understands to be responsive records. Um, and yet here we are with our complaint file essentially closed. Um, I think we probably go ahead and proceed commissioners uh, unless anyone has any concerns with that. Okay, I see Commissioner Canberra with your hand up. Um, yeah, and I'm trying to remember back as it was two weeks ago, but the substance of our deliberations centered primarily on what was and what was not time barred versus the substance of each of these five. And so I'm, uh, I'm a little concerned that we may not have all the information necessary and that we may need the parties to come back in and supplement. Yeah. I'll send it out for discussion. Yeah. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. I am, um, I've been thinking about that a lot and, and I'll welcome the commission's feedback here. Um, I'm inclined to, to move forward to make findings with the, the state of the facts as they are right now. 
Um, and that may very well include uh, a need to make recommendations that, uh, you know, production of further records is expedited um, to the extent necessary. I think we have um, definitely have some claims on the substance that we can address with respect to the facts that we have. Um, and it just may be the case that our, our written decision is a little bit uh, imperfect in, uh, in acknowledging that, that this, was, this was the landscape before us as of May 18th. Um, and I think to Chief Assistant City Attorney's point, any further, obviously to the extent there's a production that occurs if the complainant you know, takes issue with items in that production, I think a further complaint could be brought and that would be the scenario in which the parties are before us again. Does that sound right or just, okay. Um, so essentially, <laughs> I, don't, I don't, Chief Assistant City Attorney, you may wanna weigh in. When we get to the end of this, we may wanna consider uh, you know, some type of statement around equitable tolling of the Sunshine Ordinance statute of limitations such that, you know, the fact that this is proceeding doesn't create some kind of 15 day, you know, catch 22 for the complainant. Is that part of your concern, Commissioner Canberra? Um, I think my, that's part of it. And it's a general concern is that we're to make factual findings and I'm not sure I have enough facts in order to make findings for each of these causes of action. But I'm willing to proceed and if a question comes up, we can decide how we want to move forward. If I'm the only one with that question, then I think the other commissioners are going to decide whether we need that whether they need that information to make a determination or not. And I can either vote with the commissioners or I can abstain on any one of the findings that we would make. That makes sense. Yeah, and and I I. Um... I've given some thought about, about framing the issues for our decision to sort of account for this um, unusual space that we're in here. So um, we can maybe as we move through, see if that, uh, if that helps resolve some of those concerns such that we can make findings with, with what we have and some things may just be left open for now. Um, all right, well, um, with that commissioners, and thank you Commissioner Camber for, for that feedback. We will, we will take it as it comes. Um, along here. So I think we can proceed with claim number two. Uh, and uh, that is, well, I'll just say directly, the complainant has framed that issue presented as uh, whether respondent has complied with government code section 6253.9A1 through two incorporated into the Sunshine Ordinance by section 2-92.1 to uh, make the information available in the electronic format in which respondent holds the information. Um, for the purposes of our discussion tonight and our written decision, I think we can frame the issue for decision before us as um, with respect to the records released by the city after March 29th, 2022, was the city required to disclose records in a particular type of electronic format? And if so, did the city's release of records comply with that requirement? Um, commissioners, I, I want to be sure that we do have some agreement on kind of the statement of the issue since there's a lot of different ways to, um, to slice it, uh, but I, I think that encompasses the, the question. Um, but before we start any clocks on deliberation timing, I just want to invite 
any commissioners or the chief assistant city attorney um, to chime in uh, if you have any refinements to that sort of statement of the issue. All right, okay, with that, um, I think three very quick notes that are kind of unique to this claim. We have some new information in the record from the supplemental responses from the parties that can be found in the agenda materials. Um, I also, uh, in reflecting on last time's deliberations, just wanna stay mindful of the distinction between electronic format and original format. Um, I think sometimes our deliberations last time maybe confuse those terms. Um, and then I would just say, you know, as I also was reflecting, we want to encourage us to stay grounded in the statutes involved here, um, specifically government code section 6253.9 within the Public Records Act, um, rather than operating off assumptions about, you know, what types of records and formats might be required to be produced by a party in civil litigation. And I think that might help narrow um, the approach we take here. So uh, with that, I want to open it up to commissioners. I guess we've got our, our clock going. Um, who would like to um, kick it off with either a motion on claim number two or some discussion? Commissioner Canberra. So this was actually my question about the formats and I am probably the last person that should be talking technical about any of this stuff, but I did think it was important. Um, also I wanna add that in one of the documents, um, the complainant referred to 6250, government code 6253B as in boy, which has a reference to exact copy and what that means in the electronic context about the metadata and everything else, um, you know, who knows exactly what that means. But in the responses from the city, and this is where my, uh, my concern about the factual basis for anything that we do, is that I interpreted to mean that the city had a number of systems, uh, Sunridge systems, Axion, where data was entered into these applications. And if I recall the response that if the city needed a copy of that record that was created, it came out of this third-party software, I believe, as a PDF versus the city going into a personal computer creating a Word document, which is the original document itself, and then making a PDF of that. So if the PDF format, because of the third-party way of processing these documents is what was, was actually provided, then that is the original format. If it's something else, then it may not be. And that was kind of the factual basis for asking that question. That was the distinction that I made but it's a little hyper-technical and I would like to hear from other commissioners how they approached it. Other commissioners, Vice Chair Chen, I see you off mute. Any oh, thoughts I, you'd like to add here? I don't have a dog to interfere, so. <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, uh, okay, it does have the language of exact copy, okay. Um, that's interesting because I also noticed that that citation is 63.8. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, go ahead. And I noticed the same thing, and I think, that, but when I read it, I don't, I don't read it the same way as Commissioner Canberra, um, because it's not just about the the one format. It can be many different things, um, and how those get uploaded into a holding database, so to speak, whatever the software is that they're using to hold the information. 
Um, I don't think the holding databases are the original formats. I would think that if it's a handwritten note, that's the original format. If it's a text message, then it's a, a print. It's a, it's a screenshot of that text message. If it's an email, then it's a sent email. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's that. And I'm not sure that that's, like, I didn't get to see all the 800 pages, especially not the new ones, but I'm not sure that that's what we got. Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, anyone else want to jump in at this time? Actually, if I could jump back, because I concur with Commissioner Montgomery, and I think it has to do with the variety of media and the different ways. So if it is actually an email that was generated through the city, then yes, that would be correct. You would not get it through some third party. But I, at least in trying to interpret what was said is that some of the records the raw data went directly into the third-party software. In other words, they typed it off of a keyboard or did something. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Um, one of the aspects of this that, uh, that I looked at a little more closely, I think in the absence of, of case law being provided to us as to how to interpret exact copy shall be provided unless impracticable to do so. Um, that's the language of 6253B. Um, I, I ended up focusing in on um, 6253.9, uh, which is the, there's two subsections um, in that, that statute that, uh, that kind of seemed to be what the parties were arguing between in, in their briefing, at least, and, and I think in the hearing. Um, and, Essentially, 6253.9 does state that, you know, if a record exists in electronic format, the agency shall make that information available in an electronic format when requested, meaning don't just drive up to the person's house with a big truck of paper and dump it on them. Um, but it, it didn't look to me like there's necessarily a separate and distinct original format requirement when the requester is seeking copies. And so um, I say that because when I look at subsection A1, that says the agency shall make the information available in any electronic format in which it holds the information. And I think what that might be getting at is when somebody asks to go review the records on city property. So let's say there's a three-dimensional model or something, you know, schematics, you would go view that original, you know, at city property, but the only way to make a copy of that would be potentially more governed by subsection A2, um, which says each agency shall provide a copy of an electronic record in the format uh, requested if that requested format is one that it you know, otherwise uses to make copies. So um, that's sort of where I ended up looking, just realizing I, I felt like we had really gone into the realm of metadata and case law. And, and I wonder if it's just really a statutory interpretation question here on how to weigh subsection A1 versus A2 and which would apply here. And so I was taking some solace perhaps in there being a difference that, you know, Mr. Frazier was seeking copies and, you know, didn't, as far as we know, ever ask to go like review the emails on the computer screen at city hall um, or at the police department. Um, and, uh, just looking at my notes here as I was looking at that. Um, yeah, so I, I do, I mean, I think even if we resolve the question of which subject, subsection applied in favor of applying A2, 
which does focus more on like how they make the copies for other agencies or themselves. I mean, we'd still have to decide if there was compliance on that. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious when we think about those subsections, what that might bring up for commissioners. You know, I think Mr. Frazier was interested in the metadata so that if, I guess there was a thought that if the document or the video or if any of this was altered, it would be detectable through the non-visible, I guess, aspects of the document. Yeah, I, de I definitely noticed that in what he seemed to be seeking. Um, and I guess I'm kind of still in the place, Commissioner Camber, where I think you were last time of, is there, is there an obligation for to produce metadata as a public record? That seems, just from a common sense perspective, from having done productions that involve metadata, that, that seems like a really large process for government agencies to do in response to public records requests, you know, versus civil litigation, where of course many of those doors become open. Um, and so I, when I try to apply this to how that would practically work, you know, um, I, I, I don't know if there's an obligation that goes that far. Um, I guess that was the question on the third party, why I brought it up is that there, if you're entering the data directly, there's no metadata because it, it's the raw data going in, the PDF comes out and that is the original way it's stored. So that's the end of that. And no, there's no metadata and no, you don't get that. If you're creating an original document, then I believe that there would be metadata, but to your point, 3000 documents with metadata, if, if it was overly burdensome, then the city has a response of overly burdensome or another defense to it. But I think the, the core for me was, is metadata part of the document? And if it was generated internally, I believe that is part of the document. But if it's raw data going into uh, one of these third-party systems and it is released as a PDF, then that's what you would get because that is the way that it's stored in its normal course of business. Now, what's that, how that applies to the specific release? We don't have that, I don't have that knowledge. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm deep in the weeds of something where in fact, my reading of Mr. Frazier's um, response to our questions was that he didn't get any data at all. I mean, he did say he didn't get it in the correct format, but I, I, I don't feel like he got anything before um, um, April 13th or April, whatever, 19th. My dates are getting all confused, but he, he did not get anything. So, I mean, so, so to talk about the format, if he didn't get anything, well, then he, we can't answer that question. Or just, just to clarify, I, in, for the information prior, remember we're only dealing with the disclosures that were made on April 12th. So right. he does, he did get the, I think that's the data that we're talking about. We're not talking any of the 
previous data. So none of the uh, officers webcam, you know, the footage from the body cams or any of that. It was just the information that was disclosed on, I believe it was the 12th, right? April 12th. Which but I don't, we don't know the form. <laughs> right. But he did not receive anything on April 12th because he claims he was not on that email list and the city cannot um, provide us the documents that show a blind copy of, of him as the recipient. Uh, right, that is actually in another, that comes up in a couple right, of places, right. no, all, actually all doesn't it? <laughs> yes, things are it's kind of a chicken in the egg. I think, um, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up as well. You go ahead, go first, and then and then I'll 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 see if I even need to say a thing. Oh well, but mine was just going to be very quick, which is I think we can. Um, and, and Vice Chair Chen, I was I was thinking along the lines of what you're saying um, as we were wrapping up our meeting last time. Um, I think our finding could actually address sort of multiple aspects of this issue. One being, I think this finding could be limited to the records that were disclosed, and we could still make a finding. That's one path. An alternate path would be to say, how can we talk about what the complainant received when the complainant didn't actually receive anything specifically? Um, and that's that's you know those are those are two paths available to the commission. Well, maybe we should make that factual determination because if you say that the city did not make the disclosure, then it's kind of a for it kind of bakes its own conclusion. I think where we were left off, didn't uh, attorney Cohen say that he believed he had sent the email out with the information, but wasn't able to provide that at the last meeting? Is that my recollection? He, he was unable to pull up whether or not Mr. Frazier's name was listed under the BCC. So in essence, the city does not have, has not any presented evidence. any factual evidence that it made the disclosure specifically to Mr. Frazier, other than the general to the website is, would that be clear, a clear statement of what we believe are the facts? Correct. I think so. I think it, um, essentially Mr. Frazier contends he didn't receive it. He checked a spam folder, didn't receive it. The city wasn't, was aware of that contention and didn't refute it. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand still up. Yes, yeah, so I think it, that that was my understanding that he found out that there was a posting through other sources that the city did not, or he did not receive an email saying, here's the link, this is what we have released. Um, and therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he didn't, he literally wasn't giving it. If they didn't email him and send him the link, if he had to go find it or find out through other sources, then no, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. I wonder if, um, and it sounds like this is an aspect that has, it turns out, been, been troubling all of us. Um, and I had been, in the way I was thinking about things, kind of placing that under various other claims as, as a finding of a violation, you know, 
oh, you have to be told of redactions in writing. Well, he didn't get that writing. <laughs> he never got mm -hmm. that email. Um, so that was a component of the way I was conceptualizing our potential responses or findings on each claim. I do wonder if maybe we want to make an overarching finding um, along those lines. And, um, and through that lens, perhaps determine whether the commission is, is comfortable making a finding on various claims, given that that sort of overarching factual finding. Does that, I, I, I don't think it's, just to be candid, I don't think it's a good reason for us to, to punt on a lot of the claims. I think there are things we can get into here, um, but it, it, I do wonder if that's a finding that perhaps applies to all of the, the, the individual claims. Um, so given the importance of that, I think I'd like, and this probably isn't going to work, but I'm just, because I don't know that Mr. Roush would be able to confirm that the city did not include Mr. Frazier in that email. I'd feel a little comfortable if I knew that no, the city had no proof versus I thought I sent it, but, and it wasn't something that was presented last at the last meeting and that the city may have had that opportunity to present it. Cause I'm not sure that Mr. Cohen said, no, we didn't send it. It was, I thought, and, you know, the BCC, you know, didn't show. So I guess that I guess I'd like to make sure if we're going to make that kind of a finding, because it impacts virtually everything to say that it was not disclosed. I'd like to have a little more factual basis if we could, as opposed to just making that jump. But to your point, uh, Chair, that it would not be the sole reason that we would be finding a violation. I think that makes sense. Um, my recollection, I, I do remember asking pretty specifically and expecting um, the city to have engaged in the fairly straightforward act of going to the paralegal's computer and seeing is this person on the BCC and the fact that that hadn't occurred um, and wasn't confirmed, I took as a pretty strong indication that we would have to weigh the evidence of one party's statement of something definitively happening and one party's statement that he couldn't confirm or deny. Um, so it may be the case that we just have to do that weighing um, in making a finding, but I'm also open if other commissioners wanted to contemplate, uh, you know, potentially asking another follow-up uh, also pending chief assistant city attorney's guidance on that. Commissioner Montgomery. I kind of felt like the question was asked last time. Um, and you don't have to be able to produce a hard copy of the BCC. All, emails are saved in your sent box. That's an easy thing to pull up and see who you sent it to. And when you pull up the email or any, whoever, where if you go to that computer, wherever that, that email was generated and you click on that email, it will show you the BCC. So them not having produced it to me was an actual fact that they did not send it because that's an easy thing to prove. Commissioner Camber, Vice Chair Chen. I, I concur. It's very easy to find a BCC. 
And if city staff save all of their emails, which they should be doing, um, I have a tendency to feel, I can't even say it, obfuscation <laughs> when I see it or hear it or perceive it. If an attorney says, I couldn't find it, and then we ask repeatedly, and we don't get that evidence over a two-week period, then I feel like it doesn't exist. That's just my opinion on um, the way we're having trust issues sometimes on these cases. Thank you, Vice Chair Chen. Chief Assistant City Attorney, I see your hand up. Sure, I just I want just wanted to note. I don't think um, it, it seems to me that you all are trying are grappling with um, the question of of trying to prove a negative, and and I don't think you have to come to that. I think, um, and it's it's a fortunate thing for all of you because all you need to determine is whether or not there was evidence of a certain fact, and you haven't been presented with evidence, whether or not it exists or not, you don't have to engage in that guessing game um, that you either have it, you were either presented it or not. And if you conclude that you were not presented it, you don't have to get into the reasons why or why not it wasn't. It's just whether or not it's in front of you or not. It happens in court quite frequently. So um, this is sort of, this is a quasi judicial proceeding. So it's not surprising that that very issue would come up. And I think we could all Thank agree you. that there was not any evidence to show that that meeting, that email was sent. That was my conclusion as well. Yeah. And I, that is my conclusion also. Okay. So where are we at this one? Are we, are, yeah. So are there still two pieces to this? Did they give it to him? And if, if we say they didn't, then is there a second piece that we, need to continue looking at for relevance of what was released or is that part of another question here? I think um, if that, I think we may want to consider making um, that overarching Fine. Well, I guess here's a question. Um, do commissioners feel as if uh, that fact that it sounds like we're aligned on um, or that, that factual finding um, results in its own sort of violation of the Sunshine Ordinance? You know, we could find it under each claim or we could potentially do an overarching, you know, finding of a violation on the basis that under the facts presented, the complainant did not actually receive records at any point. Um, and then we could decide without grappling with the sort of subsection issues, um, or we could continue kind of with the questions claim by claim and make that finding if it's relevant to each claim. So the, I think the violation, at least in this case, is that it wasn't presented in the form requested. Right, that's, and so if it's not presented at all, can you have a violation of something you didn't present? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right, we may need to make no finding on certain claims. I think that yeah. I don't think we can make a finding on this because there wasn't any, 
anything produced that we could look at to say you violated it. <laughs> but by not giving it to, not giving anything to the complainant. Oh, there are other, th that will come up. Yeah. There, there are, there are several other areas where that, where there would be a violation. Yeah. Okay. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. I'm going to ask, um, I, I hate to be picky, but I feel like we're, we're jumping in and we're not really putting our hands up and following the rules and the regulations of what we're supposed to be doing this meeting. So I would like to ask that we please go back and follow the rules, hands up and wait to be asked to speak by our chair. Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, and I will, I will try to do a, a better job of seeing everyone's expressions of interest in speaking um, and catching. Uh, Commissioner Montgomery, was there, did, did you have anything else you want to share? Okay, um, appreciate that note. Um, all right, yeah, and commissioners, feel free. You can use your, your Zoom raised hand functions and I will move quickly um, And as hands come up. Um, Commissioner Canberra. Could you remind me again of the five possible outcomes again? Madam Clerk, do you have that available? Or Chief Assistant City Attorney? I do, I'm just opening it now. Thank you. Sure, of course. Oops, wrong thing. My computer is very slow, I apologize. I've had it open. I can chime in that I know one of them is dismissed on procedural grounds, which we've already gone <laughs> okay. through that analysis. So okay. really we're looking at four choices. <laughs> okay. Complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation, complaint sustained without a cure and correct recommendation, complaint denied, complaint denied as unfounded or complaint dismissed. So can, would it be helpful to put the five up on the screen? No. Probably I appreciate, not no. okay. I appreciate the offer, but um, Commissioner Canberra, anything further? Do you have further question there? No, I'm just wondering if if my logic is correct about can you not can you have a violation for something you didn't do? And to Commissioner Chen's point, we would pick up the failure to disclose in perhaps two or three other areas for to expedite this. If I was to make a motion that we deny um, claim number two so we could move on with making a finding that there wasn't any disclosure so there couldn't be a format violation. Commissioner Camber, I wonder if um, making no finding rather, you know, I, I, we're, we're going to make a finding, you know, on the complaint as a whole, we're making findings. I wonder if um, on specific claims, we may be in a better position to just make no finding with respect to electronic format on the basis that. I would be happy with that. That, that would be, that would be the equivalent. Yes. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to, I'm mindful of the fact there may be sort of future complaints related to this and not that there's like rest judicata issues, but I don't want it to seem as if it was a resolved question. If so um, I make a motion that the commission 
uh, not make a finding as to claim number two, the electronic format complaint. Commissioners, do we have a second or further discussion or friendly amendments? And can I just clarify the, the motion really quickly? Last time the motion was um, everything prior to, you know, that March 29th date was time barred. So this is this part of the motion is specifically addressing everything post. Post. Right. Right. Just just for clarity. Just want yes. to make sure that. Okay. That's great, Madam Clerk. Thank you. Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. It seemed like there need, need, needed to be more. Can you repeat the motion, please? I think there was a piece that that's missing and I, I have to hear it again. Uh, the motion was that the commission not make a finding as to claim number two, the electronic format complaint. Okay, and Vice Chair Chan, I see your hand up. Oh yeah, I'm just confused about the grammatical part of that in that. Well, Naki, I would be happy to have you change that. Yeah, because oh, no, take a friendly that, amendment. I was thinking that it would be the commission makes no finding as opposed to not make a finding as though we were consciously not making a finding, but actually we are making no finding. That's That's... Yeah, I think I will amend my motion that the commission um, not make that there is no the commission does not make a finding as to complaint number two. Mr. Chen, your hands still up. Oh no, that I'm just okay. losing blood flow now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Commissioner Kaver, I wonder, would you? Um, entertain a friendly amendment along the lines of, uh, because I'm picturing how this would be inserted into the written decision. Um, with respect to claim number two, the commission is unable to make a finding on the basis that, or scratch that, that the commission is unable to make a finding regarding the electronic format that the commission is unable to make a finding on the format of produced records on the basis that the commission finds no records had yet been produced to complain it. Yes, I will accept the friendly amendment. Does that commissioner Montgomery? I will second that that's that was the hole that I was looking to I think there's just, it was a miss, it was missing. Now it feels full. Mm -hmm. Yes, I second. Okay. And before we take a roll call vote, um, Chief Assistant City Attorney, is there anything about the phrasing of that that would be difficult to translate into a written decision and or that gives you legal concern? You repeat it one more time, just so I make sure I'm <laughs> have the right, the right iteration. Yikes. Uh, Madam Clerk. Do you want I me? Yeah. Yeah, if you can, <laughs> that'd be amazing. Of course, of course. So. It's the commission is unable to make uh, findings on the format of the produced records as no records were produced. I have no concerns about that. Could you read it again, Madam Clerk? I'm sorry. Oh. The commission is unable to make a finding 
on the format of produced records as no records were produced. I think we will want to make it, um, Commissioner Canberra, obviously it's your motion, so, so chime in, but, but I think we, we want to be hyper-specific on um, no records being produced to the complainant. Yes. Yes, Madam Clerk, can you amend my motion that I initially butchered so badly, but got us at least started? I still second. All right. Uh, with that, and, and of course, at the beginning of that is with respect to claim number two, which I think yes. was probably already embedded. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, Madam Clerk, can you take a roll call vote? Mr. Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Lo Palato. Aye. That carries by four eyes. Okay, um, not quite the direction I thought we would go in on claim number two. Let me scroll down through my notes here. We have claim number four next. Um, the complainant has framed the issue presented as whether respondent has complied with the requirement to cooperate with members of the public and disclose requested law enforcement information to the full extent permitted by law as required by the Sunshine Ordinance section 2-92.8 D1. That's the language from the complaint. For the purposes of our discussion tonight and our written decision, I think we can frame the issue for a decision as with respect to actions taken by the city after March 29th, 2022, did the city comply with Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-92.8D1's requirement regarding disclosure of law enforcement information? Commissioners, do we have general agreement on that statement of the issue? Again, before we start any deliberation clocks, I wanna invite any refinements to that language um, from commissioners or the chief assistant city attorney. Okay, great. Well, um, seeing no objection, uh, let's open it up to commissioners here. With respect to claim number four, um, does anyone wanna make a motion or open our discussions? Crickets are an unacceptable answer. <laughs> uh, and even uh, your, I will, I will happily invite your not fully baked thoughts, uh, whatever, whatever it is that, that we might be able to jump off with here. Commissioner Montgomery, I saw you come off mute. Oh. <laughs> so I kind of feel like this, the same um, thing. I mean, they, they did not disclose records to him is is that still in in play here um because it's still part of it he still never got the email that said here's your stuff so i feel like every one of these i'm going to start you with the same question it goes that's still in play yeah i i just to you know to share my thoughts on that that question, um, I think that would be potentially a finding, perhaps one of several that we could make to any of the claims, you know, some or all of the, the remaining claims. Um, there may be other findings that we, we might want to make as well. Does anyone have any thoughts about that? Oh, Vice Chair Chen. Well, there is the issue of the word prompt. So 
if they were a day late and a dollar short, would we apply prompt to that or just a day late? Vice Chair Chen, could you clarify the, and are, are you looking at the language of um, Sunshine Ornish 2-92.8? Yeah, was it- have a timeliness question later. And I don't know if it's- Was, was the disclosure prompt? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking at the uh, document that uh, um, Assistant City Attorney produced for us. I think, um, I think we'll get to just my take. We have a separate claim number eight is all about timeliness. And so um, my inclination is to address the sort of questions of prompt production and timeliness under that. Um, I know that does deviate a little bit from the guidance, but um, that I, I think I think for this claim, we can stay um, more tethered to to two ninety two point eight, which was the subsection that the complainant actually cited in the complaint. Um, and uh, which does include some broad language by Church M that I think would still open itself to the analysis that you're going into. Um, Commissioner Canberra. You're on mute, Commissioner Canberra. Yeah, I just want to concur with Vice Chair Chen that I had seen the prompt as well, but I was just going through and reading D1 now, and I don't see a prompt in D1 specifically, but I had my notes, I think just like you did, but I think it's more appropriate to deal with it under the um, eighth uh, complaint. It's definitely an argument I see us getting to, and I think we need to get to. Um, I, I do see separate requirements in um, 2-92.8 that I'm, I'm hoping we can have, have some discussion on. Commissioner Montgomery, I saw an inhale. <laughs> I can, <laughs> go ahead, Commissioner Montgomery. Yeah, um, this one feels tangled to me and it also feels tangled in the, in other ones about the, about what, what type of, of, documents were released when they were released. So like, did the city disclose law enforcement records consistent with the Sunshine Ordinance? That's that's the main question here, right? Mm -hmm. um, did they disclose them to him or did they disclose them? I'm gonna ask again. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, perhaps we could even just go ahead and, and um, if there is general agreement amongst commissioners that that would be one basis for a finding here, um, we could, you know, go ahead and, and agree that that's a finding um, of a potential violation on same 
that th- this would actually be a violation um, based on the sort of lack of actually um, producing the records to the complainant. And then um, we could discuss any other bases for a, a violation if anyone sees them or non-violation. Vice Chair Chen or Commissioner Montgomery, your hands up. How would that, what would that look like in a, in verbiage? I'm gonna need help to put that together in a way that it makes sense. Uh, I will allow any other commissioners. I have some language um, that's tied to this ordinance section. Um, If I- You wanna go and then, (laughs) yeah, you go. Um, so one of the things I, I ended up finding in sort of my analysis of this, I do think um, the introductory language of section 2-92.8 D1 um, requires cooperation with all members of the public making requests for law enforcement records. And my analysis of that is that it would include at a minimum advising individual requesters when responsive records are available. And in this case, I think we have, like we mentioned, testimony and written evidence from the complainant saying he never received the April 12th email, which contained the link to responsive records released on that date. The respondent didn't refute it. I think we have no choice but to infer there was no notice to the complainant um, based on that evidence presented. I do think we might be, we might want to note that it was possibly an inadvertent or a technical violation. Um, but I think it's a meaningful one because the failure to respond to this requester individually functionally closed the door of communication about whether the requester had questions on the records, you know, needed help accessing files, um, or even an opportunity for him to say, hey, my request was much broader than what I see on this link. So um, I, I would tether the finding that, that we were discussing perhaps to the introductory language of um, the requirement of cooperation with all members of the public. Any other commissioners have thoughts on that aspect of a finding? If that feels like an attenuated stretch in massaging language, then um, you can scrap that. That will take no offense. Um, Commissioner Montgomery. As chair, you can still make a motion, right? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I can, I can. Just checking. I'd hope to do it last. Uh, Commissioner Caver, I see your hand up. And you are still muted, Commissioner Canberra, and I was muted while attempting to tell you that you were muted. Thank you. Just hit me over the head. Anyway, you know, in reading that section, um, I kind of focused on the word cooperate and thinking that the intent of this was that once, once a request is made, that there would be back and forth, right? I want this, and I'm not going to give this to you because we have these exceptions to that. And that kind of I mean, that did in essence kind of happen in the area that we can't be involved with because there was communication back and forth. But in the 15 days from March 30th to, or 14 days to April 12th, there wasn't much opportunity either for cooperation because the 
complainant didn't even know that the records had been produced to be able to go back and say, as you point out, this is not responsive enough. So I guess I'm just focusing on that co-op cooperation piece. There wasn't any opportunity. Um, just want to toss that thought into the mix in determining our finding. Yeah, and I think it is to your point within the time frame. You know, that's that's appropriate to be considered here because this was the disclosure of records on April twelfth, um, and any communications thereafter. And um, I, I didn't see anything in in the record, the evidence presented to us of you know, actual sort of conferring back and forth prior to a complaint being filed. Now, one, one question I'll pose to the commission, um, and Commissioner Cambray, I do see your hand up. Um, does anyone have any thoughts on um, whether sort of the scope of records produced um, you know, we know the complainant is asserting that, that he believed his request was broader. We know the respondent is asserting that they've, you know, produced these, they disclosed these records and that's, that's all there is except for this administrative investigation. And then there's that, um, does anyone feel like this claim is a space to discuss the scope or, or, or have concerns about the scope of what was produced relative to what was requested? Commissioner Montgomery. I'm having a hard time um, really discussing too much of the scope because it was recently re released and there's a lot of reading to do. But off, off the top, when did the city disclose law enforcement records consistent with the Sunshine Ordinance? No, they never gave them to him. And that's my feeling. He had to go look for them. Okay. It sounds like we have um, alignment on the sort of the applicability of the lack of a direct response to this complainant as a basis for a violation of this claim. Am I hearing that correctly? I see a light nod from Vice Chair Chen. Commissioner Canberra, your hands up. And you're muted. The dog's not barking. I think I'm going to stay unmuted. Anyway, um, I guess you brought up a point, though, just earlier about you know, the city did disclose this information through a link in an email to a whole bunch of people. Unfortunately, Mr. Frazier was not one of the people that was included on that. Um, and so and I think it's clear that he did not receive the records because of negligence as opposed to any intent, I think, to not get him those records. Um, but again, I think this, this has to go with cooperation as opposed to the reason why they didn't give him the records sooner. And um, there's, there wasn't any room for cooperation. There, it was a short window of time from March 30th to um, April 12th, and then our complaint had to file his complaint because of the 15 days. So we actually have kind of touched on this in Public Records Act requests before and maybe possibly 
extending that statute, which we can't do in this particular case. But just to add that into our discussion. Commissioner Montgomery. So I feel like at this point, we need to be trying to find the words for a motion. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how to how to move, but I feel like the city was in violation here. And I'm gonna start with that, that we can find that they were in violation. And then I'm gonna ask for other commissioners help to help format it in um, in a way that, that encompasses all the things we've been talking about. Madam Clerk. Do you want me to read the five options again? Well, really, I can just read the two. Complaint sustained with cure and correct recommendation and complaint sustained without cure and correct recommendation. So it doesn't sound like it's denied or dismissed. So those are your two, just to remind you. Commissioner Montgomery. So then I want to talk about what would the cure, it feels like there was at that point when, I mean, what would the cure be? What would it look like? Um, and what would, our, what the, would the recommendation look like um if there if if we decide with cure with cures then then what does that look like what would our cure be yeah and i think it's um and one of my goals tonight is definitely to discuss the cure and correct with respect to each individual claim so i'm so glad that um that madam clerk that you, you reminded us of those options and commissioner montgomery that you're posing the question um i think the scope of the cure and correct may vary depending on the bases for our finding. And so um, I would probably encourage us to exhaust the scope of what our finding is going to be based on. Um, it sounds like Commissioner Montgomery, your um, suggestion. I think we can, I think we could actually have a motion and a second saying that we're sustaining the complaint with respect to this claim. And then in our discussion, potentially piece together what the basis for that finding is. But I'm, I'm just going to bet and Chief Assistant City Attorney can go in that it's probably more helpful if we actually incorporate kind of the analysis of the finding into the motion. Okay. And Commissioner Cambrai, I see your hand up. So this goes to whether the city cooperated or not. That seems like that's simply a yes or no. And if the city didn't cooperate, um, how would you cure and correct a non-cooperation? You know, if they, they've turned, the records are now disclosed. So what would we be wanting to correct? You, did, you, you didn't cooperate. If, if that's our finding that there was no cooperation, then how do we correct that? What would we be doing to correct that? Because the records have been released. Yeah, I think that's, thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Um, uh, barring any other commissioners jumping in with their hands up, I do have some thoughts on, on how we might approach that. Um, and I think that Part of our finding might need to address that, you know, while this may have been an inadvertent or technical violation, um, there's an opportunity to, to move things forward in a productive way with respect to this request. And so I think in our cure and correct, um, 
we could essentially recommend that respondent, you know, confer with Mr. Frazier about the types of records he's articulated a request for, um, including, I think, in his supplemental reply to Vice Chair Chen's question 1A, which seems to be his effort to delineate the gap between what was disclosed and what he had requested. Um, and you know, recommend that any further responsive records that aren't required by law to be withheld or redacted be produced. Um, I think we could recommend that the city may want to consult government code 6253.1, uh, which outlines ways in which the agency must assist a member of the public requesting records now that the ongoing investigation exemption is no longer in play. And um, I think we could also, under that finding of a violation, make a recommendation that um, in the production of any further responsive records, which we now know there will be a production of further responsive records, that, um, that there's a direct communication to, to this requester. Um, essentially to recommend that, you know, he be directly included in any notifications about the availability of any further records. Thoughts on those as possible recommendations? They may go, I was originally kind of thinking in terms of some discussion of the scope of what was disclosed relative to um, what he requested. Sounds like we're not necessarily going there. So maybe not all of those recommendations apply. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, I saw your hand up first, then Vice Chair Chen. I like those cure and correct ideas. Um, I hope that they're all written down so that I can just say, can you read that back? And then we'll add this to the motion because that would be way easier. But I'll let Commissioner Chen speak first in case there's something that she wants to add before I make the motion. Vice Chair Chen. Uh, yes, I think that, um, I don't know if this is a proper place to insert it, but um, there has been an ongoing um, disagreement about uh, when uh, items are redacted, they should, it, the, um, the reason for each redaction should be explained because uh, uh, those previous redactions that we couldn't look at <laughs> uh, were vague. I mean, they just had a general blanket reason for redaction, but according to the code, uh, I think the redactions should be specific to why that item was, or that name or whatever it was, was redacted. And I don't know if it belongs in this piece, but it belongs somewhere <laughs> in our recommendations. Yeah, I would, I would certainly entertain thoughts from other commissioners. My take is that that would be under claim number six, um, which specifically refers to the Sunshine Ordinance section um, regarding withholding entire records, um, which also requires an explanation of withheld information in writing. Um, although as I'm looking at it again, I don't know that that actually touches too much on redactions. Um, Commissioner Canberra. Yes, I was going to bring that up and I want to, and I don't know the scope of this, but I know that um, attorney Cohen had mentioned that I believe that there is case law that says that the city is not required to do a specific log for individual redactions. And that's just my recall from what he had said. 
Um, and I don't know what that refers to. That may refer to an interpretation of the CPRA and obviously not our sunshine ordinance and then which might take priority. But I think we need to maybe get a little more information on the case law before we go down that path. Thank you, Commissioner Canberra. Um, yeah, and I, I do have, we have made a prior finding in this commission that no privilege log is required. Um, it may have been before your, your tenure. Um, that's with respect to a privilege log. Uh, and then I think, you know, we can get into sort of the types, the depth. I think I would be inclined to address like the depth of the explanation under claim number six. How do people feel about that? Commissioner Montgomery, I see a thumbs up. Vice Chair Chen, are you amenable to that? Okay, Commissioner Canberra, all right, great. Um, so we will get to it. And I apologize that chronologically, Vice Chair Chen, that the items of interest are later in our in our process here, but we will get there. Um, okay, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. Okay, let's, let's make a motion here. Okay. I'm gonna make the motion that this complaint, this piece, what number are we on, four? Claim number four. Four. Um, that we sustain it with the cure and correct recommendations so previously noted by Chair Lopalato. Okay, do we want further discussion? Um, I can definitely read my recommendation again as well um, for a second, more friendly amendments. And actually in the, in the spirit of Chief Assistant City Attorney, nodding that it is helpful to include our analysis of why we are sustaining within the body of the motion. Commissioner Montgomery, could I request you to elaborate on that a little bit before we go too far? Oh, and you're on mute. Isn't the elaboration in the cure and correct part? I'm not sure. Um, I think the like elaboration for the basis of the finding, which my recollection of the discussion earlier was um, that essentially the basis they, of the finding was was a failure to cooperate with a member of the public. Yeah, they they didn't they didn't he they didn't give him they didn't give him it was a failure to cooperate with the release of records. Commissioners, any thoughts or amendments? Commissioner Canberra, I see your wheels spinning. I'm just trying to wordsmith um, in, in, in how it would be phrased. So is it something like in regards to claim number four, the commission finds that the city um, failed to cooperate with Mr. Frazier in the disclosures um, requested, and therefore we sustain the complaint with a with to cure and correct. Is that better? I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, by by, and then we add in what you your three or four suggestions. I wonder. Um, do we want to make a reference to the likelihood that this was an inadvertent violation or an inadvertent omission? No. Commissioner um, I, 
I would accept that because they did actually do well. No, I'm sorry, I won't do that. No. Okay. Okay. And I see Commissioner Montgomery um, also shaking her head no. Um, I'm looking at the language of the statute and just trying to see if there's a little more language from there we can leave in. Um, Madam Chair, could you read back the variation of the motion as it stands with <laughs> the you want me to read back? So find that the city's failure to cooperate with Mr. Frazier um, sustains with the cure and correct with the, and you want me to read your read back? No, back. no, I was just curious about the sort of the language of the motion. Commissioner Cambray, see your hand up again. And you're muted. Actually, I'm going to reverse myself because the city did do this disclosure. It was a short period of time. And we get back to the him not being included on the email as kind of the basis for the disclosure. But I believe it was negligent, not intentional. And I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a willful failure to cooperate. So I think I'm going to lean more towards um, your suggestion of intimating some type of negligence, but I'm not sure exactly what I would, how I would phrase that. I wonder, Commissioner Montgomery, your hand is up. As the maker of the motion, definitely, Commissioner Montgomery, please uh, chime in here. And then I may have some language that might bridge this. I think at a certain point, we're guessing whether it's like negligence or not. And I don't want to yeah. guess. And I don't want to wonder whether it was negligent or purposeful. And it's not it's not up to me to decide whether it was negligent or purposeful, only whether it was done or not done. Um, so I wouldn't, I'm, I'm still a no on that part. Um, Commissioner Camber, your hand's still up. Did you want to speak again here? Or um, Commissioner Montgomery, is it, I think that this was still your original motion on the table. Um, may I offer a friendly amendment? Certainly feel free to decline. <laughs> Along the lines of um, the commission sustains the complaint with respect to claim number four on the basis that Sunshine Ordinance section 2-92.8 D1, D1's requirement for cooperation with all members of the public making requests for law enforcement records includes advising individual requesters when responsive records are available. And the city failed to do so here. With, and then we would make the cure and correct recommendation and, and go into that. Um, so that, that's the language that I'm attaching to that ties it to the statute um, as well as incorporating the specific fact that we're sort of hung on to here, Commissioner Montgomery. Accept that from the amendment. Okay. Um, so can we have it read back like the whole thing again? Yeah, Madam Clerk, do you have that or do you want me to say it again? I, I think I have that. So it's the... Um... Sustain the complaint with respect to number four, um, and then you're tying in the section 2 928 D1 um, because it includes advising when records are available, um, and he was not advised and therefore failed to do so in this instance. And then you're going back to your current correct. 
Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. And when we have the written decision, we can add in the draft. We can add in, you know, any slight massaging of the language. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, your hands up still. <laughs> okay, was that an accepting of the the friendly amendment? All right, Vice Chair Chen. I second that. Okay. Um, I was going to ask for a roll call vote. Okay. Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote? Commissioner Cameron? Aye. Chen? Aye. Montgomery? Aye. Lopalato? Aye. Carries by four eyes. Okay. Um, and before we move away from claim number four, were there any other bases? I just don't want to um, lose sight of it. Are there any other bases for a violation that anyone would like to include here? I do think that the direction we're going in is one that we don't necessarily get into the substance of the records produced um, is sort of the theme I'm seeing here. And I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that at all. I just wanna be sure that I'm not um, foreclosing anything else that anyone wants to add. Commissioner Montgomery. So I don't wanna be mistaken when I say I don't believe that all the records possibly were produced because I'm just having a really hard time, really hard time with there was not an email, there was not a text, there was not a, a phone call, there was not a anything. I mean, this is a large case. Um, this is a large, important, it, there was a death involved. So no records, I'm, I, yeah, I have a problem with that and I'm still looking for more records too. I'm hoping in the release of records, more things will come out, but that just seems like a big, a big hole to me. Um, and I've read through the res the city's response to that and that all work phones were, were taken and, you know, I read it, you read it, we all read it, um, but we all have personal cell phones. Everybody's on multiple different forms of social media. Um, and we all communicate with each other, not just through our work in our office format. So I, I'm thinking there's more out there and I, I, I can't, you know, I, there's nothing I have to, like, I don't have any proof I, that there's more and there's missing records. It's just a feeling that, that it feels so empty to me. It feels like there's a big hole in there. So that's, that's my feeling on it. Yeah, Commissioner Montgomery, thank you for that. Um, one one aspect of the, the specific evidence that's been presented that, um, that jumped out to me uh, along those lines is, is that when we look back at the text of the original request, you know, it sought all records created relating to the incident described in case number 21-01762, not just the file for case number 21-01762. And um, early on, I think the complainant really emphasized an interest in digital communications, calendar appointments, other items that would be beyond the scope of what is in a typical police file. I don't read the original request as even limited to police records only. Um, yet it looks like what was ultimately disclosed was limited to evidence, you know, collected for the police and investigatory files. Um, and I, I don't see any efforts to confer with the complainant directly prior to the complaint being filed about what other types of records pertaining to other law enforcement activity, you know, might need to be disclosed under the Sunshine Ordinance. And so, um, 
that's how I'm seeing kind of that gap that, that, um, that, that I think you're talking about, about feeling in this. Um, and I think our cure and correct recommendation as stated does essentially recommend that the city look at the complainant's response to 1A, Vice Chair Chen's questions of like, this is what I was looking for and engage with that request, engage with that question. Um, so I think we have that built into the cure and correct, but I am very open to any, if other commissioners wanna talk about finding an actual violation on that basis, um, whether it's under this claim or others. Commissioner Cameron shaking his head no. Um, do you wanna uh, have any further thoughts on that? Do you want to share, Commissioner Canberra, or I know sometimes we do the head nods. Yes, I'll unmute and just simply say that anything that isn't before us is speculation, and we have to deal as best as we can with facts. And so it may be possible that there is other information out there, but we cannot speculate on that. We have to make a finding based on facts. So I'm happy with the motion as it's made. Okay. And, and with the cure and correct that would provide that guidance to engage with the complainant's statements that his, his request is broader. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, do you feel satisfied that the um, cure and correct incorporates sort of a recommendation to engage with that question? Um, or was there anything further you wanted to do under this plan? Can we put a pin in that? Like, and I, I, you know, we have a long night, but I'm going to be, it's going to be rolling over in my head while we're talking about further things. And maybe I, I will have something else later, but I think I'm, I'm okay right now. But. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Well, um, with that, I think we can move forward in our claims. Um, Commissioner Montgomery. Sorry, um, but we've been here almost two hours break, please. Yeah, I think it's a great time for a uh, recess. Uh, shall we take uh, 10 minutes here? Okay, let's go ahead and take a 10 minute recess. We'll see everyone back at 8.53.
All right, we've got one, two, three, four. We are returned from our recess. Thank you, everyone. Um, Commissioner Montgomery for the flag on timing there. Um, so let's go ahead and move into claim number five. Uh, on this one, complainant has framed the issue presented as whether respondent has complied with government code section 6254F1 expanded by Sunshine Ordinance section 2 92.8D1 to make public the following information. And then um, he includes text from the government code sections uh, 6254 F, subsection F1 and subsection F2A. Um, for purposes of our discussion and uh, written decision, I think we can frame the issue for decision as uh, with respect to actions taken by the city after March 29th, 2022, did the city comply with government code section 6254 F1 and 6254 F2A regarding production of arrest information and records concerning calls for service? Um, commissioners, do we have agreement on that statement of the issue before we start any clocks? Um, I want to invite commissioners or the chief assistant city attorney to um, chime in if anyone wants to offer refinements on that. Okay, um, hearing no objection there, I'd love to open it up to commissioners um, for deliberation on claim number five. Don't all talk at once. All right, I'm looking for any hands up to begin discussing um, whether it looks like there was a violation of these specific statutory sections. Commissioner Camber and Montgomery came off mute at the same time, but Camber has a hand up. So Commissioner Montgomery, Camber, go ahead. Montgomery, I've got uh, you next. Well, you know, I, I read 6254 and all of the details on the arrest and everything else that was going on. And um, the city had previously released some of that information. I think that had to do with the, um, the audio tape of the dispatch records that were responsive to some of that request. So, and I'm not sure what was released though after that. Was there actually a um, an arrest record made that I missed somewhere? So, I mean, was there was there sufficient disclosures? That I think the question based on the evidence. Okay, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up as well. I'm gonna hold for a second. I'm reforming my thought. Okay. Um, Commissioner Camper, your hand's still up or... Uh, I think to, to your question about whether... I'll, I'll just offer for a clarification. Um, I don't believe I saw anything in the complaint indicating a lack of production of this type of information. Um, 
the argument in the complaint focused a lot more on the timing of the production. And I don't know if that, if that helps at all. Um, Commissioner Montgomery. Was what I'm, I'm wondering was the timing of the production um, No, that's not the right question. Ah, let me keep thinking about it. it it'll, it'll happen because it's just here in my head. I'll figure it out. No problem. Um, Vice Chair Chen. Yeah, I just have to admit, I did read the uh, Rennie report but I didn't read it to see if that information was disclosed in it. So I, plus it's too, it came out too late to the uh, complainant. So I, 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 I got nothing here. <laughs> okay. And then I, I don't even know if Mr. Uh, Gonzalez was even arrested since he, he perished. I, I think Vice Chair Chen, to your to your point, it's a, it's a it is important for us to look at do these records exist as part of our question of you know was this information produced? Um, Commissioner Campbell, I see your hand up. Uh, yeah, because sixty two fifty four. I'm looking at page two of the complaint has a pretty specific list of all of the information that needs to be disclosed. And at least some of it, I believe, was disclosed as part of the um, body cam footage and the dispatch records that were released um, several several months after, I think, the um, actual incident itself. So I guess from a substantive standpoint, did these records exist and then were they released at that time? So that would be my question. Sounds like a question we're here to answer. <laughs> in in some, some form or another. Um, but yeah, I, I like the, we need to keep massaging the question here. Um, anyone else? As just an, an overarching thought to Commissioner Camper's point, I didn't mean to be glib there, but um, I think there's a lack of specificity in the complaint regarding what aspects of this long list of statutory information he's claiming wasn't produced um, and what it looks like to me is that perhaps the concern there is more over the um, I, it seems that the thrust of the allegation is more, this wasn't produced, you know, the minute that the DA, that the DA's letter went out. You know, if you look at the argument in the complaint, it does seem to be um, more around wanting that information out on March 30th. 
or earlier. Commissioner Camber. Yeah, so I guess my question is, did, did that information exist, I guess was the question. I think to um, Vice Chair Chen's question of what was there actually an arrest record made in order to have the information to disclose? Anyone want to chime in? I mean, I think we all have the same accessibility to the, the records that were produced um, and the same lack of information about what else might exist. Um, and so we have to go with that. Uh, to move things along, uh, I, I will just throw out, I, I'm, I see the thrust of this complaint is, is taking issue more with whether um, there was a proper exemption for for not providing all information. Um, I, I don't see complainant taking issue with specific items under F1 and F2A that he seems to believe we're missing from the April 12th disclosures. We don't have much to look at in that. Otherwise, we would be analyzing a specific question. Um, on that basis, I'm probably inclined to find no violation here rather than to, to keep going in, in search of one or, or make no finding. Vice Chair Chen. No, I would just say there's no finding because we don't have enough evidence either way to know whether it was, whether the evidence, whether, whether the information even existed. I mean, the, the complaint says that they comply with requirements for disclosing, but it also has the calls uh, concerning calls for service, which obviously did occur, right? So. And were disclosed, right? And were disclosed, so. Yeah, I'm not sure why, well. Oh, this is where prompt came in. I don't know. <laughs> I think prompt is potentially part of this analysis. Mm -hmm. um, we are kind of segregating it to claim eight, but I do think that that's a, that's a, a lane you could go down um, under this claim. Chief Assistant City Attorney. I'll just note that the reason that the term prompt is being discussed was because I did provide some guidance uh, to the commissioners and indicated that per the complaint, the, um, the complainant indicated, cited the, the statute that he asserted was violated and then went into a discussion about the, the timing of the DA's um, release of the um, report, her report, and the fact, and then asserts, therefore, from March 30th, 2022 to present, 
respondent had no legal basis for withholding the information required to be disclosed under the government code provision. So that's, that's where I think, you know, the analysis of whether or not there was um, an unreasonable or unlawful delay in the, in the um, disclosure, that's where that comes up. That's why I referenced the term prompt, because that's, Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, and hopefully that does provide some clarity as to why we keep touching back on that word. Um, and yes, that, that's what I've been sort of dancing around is, is it, I don't know from reading the complaint, from reading the complaint, I think the thrust of the claim is, is more about the timing um, under this one than, you know, he's not identifying any specific thing that was not disclosed. Um, and, I don't see any reason for us to infer that the police records that were disclosed didn't include this information, um, you know, or to imagine that there was an arrest and maybe an arrest, you know, I, I don't know that those are uh, rabbit holes we need to go down. Um, but I'll, I'll stop there as I attempt to steer us along here. Commissioner Montgomery. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to bring us somewhere. <laughs> Please. Um, I think that we're kind of all over the place right now and what was released and how it was released and was it released and did they have more? Um, and and the, I want us just to go back to the actual question, which is did the city comply with requirements for disclosing arrest log and records concerning calls for service? I, I listened to the, I, I know that some of these records are out there because I've seen them and, I, and I've heard them. Um, I don't know still whether they're in violation because they did not respond directly to him and say, here's the email, here's the records. I mean, with an email saying, here's the records, here's the link, this is, and, and so I'm, I'm back at that point again, did they respond to him? properly with the information that he requested. And I don't think that, that they did because they still, once again, it's back to that same thing. They didn't, they didn't communicate with him. They did not email him and say, here's the link. Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, and that is certainly a, a path that we can go down for this, this claim as well. Like we talked about, that could be part of any of the claims. Um, are any commissioners inclined to uh, weigh in on moving down the path of, Commissioner Montgomery, if I'm stating this correctly, sort of the same as, as what our earlier um, findings have been. I'm almost hearing like a hybrid of claim four and claim two, something along the lines of, um, the city did not comply with those government code sections because it didn't produce that information to the complainant by virtue of not having contacted the complainant with, with the link. Um, but then it sounds like maybe, are you, are you leaning towards no finding on, um, and Madam Clerk, I would just, I, I'm actually just trying to steer here more than <laughs> deliberate, sorry. Um, uh, are, are you leaning towards making no finding with respect to 
the specific aspect of arrest information and calls for service? Or do you feel like we don't even need to address that potentially? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> you're purposefully muted, but let the record reflect. <laughs> Go ahead, Krishna. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I know I'm muted because I'm speaking to myself, trying to figure it out. Um, I feel like this is easily, it can easily go either way, but I'm, I'm not hearing a lot from anybody else. So I don't know how anybody else is feeling about it. Great, Commissioner Canberra, hands up. Thank you. Well, I'll chime in because we do know that there was some disclosure. The calls for service were part of the recordings that the city released um, along with the video. So there was at least some disclosure. Um, so I don't know that we can make a finding that there was a violation here. I don't think there's enough information. And we have some information that there was a disclosure. So that's as far as I'll go with it. And Commissioner Canberra, just to clarify, um, are you envisioning language along the line of a disclosure to the public at large? Like saying uh, something along the lines of maybe a finding with respect to this individual complainant along the lines of Commissioner Montgomery's statement and then some kind of secondary finding along the lines of with respect to the records disclosed to the public? Right. If I'm not mistaken, were, didn't our complainant get the um, video footage from the city and the calls for service audio? Was that disclosed to him as part of that? Prior to April 12th? Yes. Yeah, Because those were released long before April 12th. I'm pretty sure they were. Right. I wonder if we um, might be able to find that in some of the correspondence. Because I came, I'll just say I came across, in thinking through this claim, I did have a moment of, wouldn't that all be time barred anyway? <laughs> As we potentially look through, I think if we can all be looking through the evidence to see if there's Okay, we do have in the file in Respondents Exhibit 5, there is an email dated April 27th, 2021. I the, yes, I have the same one. From Lisa Cooper to the complainant. Uh, the link below contains all of the materials the city has publicly released. Uh, and then a link to the release of the body-worn camera footage. Um, that may be the YouTube 
video that was released at some point. Um, and I just want to keep us oriented to the statutory language here. Um, again, number one deals with arrest records. I'm not sure that actually applies here. Um, and the calls for service. Commissioner Montgomery. So I'm looking at some of the things like the two um, press releases mm -hmm. that were in here. And I, I don't see in both in both of them, I see in custody, which does not say under arrest. So I don't see any verbiage about arrest in either one of these. I just see custody. So yeah. somebody was asking if there was an arrest record and I don't see that according to this, that there was actually an arrest and I never saw one out there, so. That's my recollection as well. I mean, I kind of go back to, um, so it, so it sounds like we are attempting to determine then if, um, the calls for service were released directly to the complainant. Is that, do folks feel like that's the question at hand here? Yeah, okay. Yes. Thank you. Um, Vice Chair Chen. Oh yeah, I never got the sense that the city ever released information to the complainant directly that all along he asked for a, a lot of information and then every time the city wrote a press release or posted something they just sent him an email said there it is go go look um it which is i i hate to interrupt you vice chair yeah, I, I do want to flag that is acceptable. That's something that I was troubled by as well. Mm -hmm. um, and Chief Assistant City Attorney, you, you can weigh in here, but I, um, it's not my specialty area of law, but when I was looking at um, Government Code 6253F, it appears to envision posting any public record on this, the agency's internet website. Um, and directing a member of the public to the location on the internet website where the public record is posted as an acceptable method. Um, and so I think our distinction here has been with respect to April 12th, he, they never emailed him with that link as far right. as our, our evidence indicates. Um, however, what I think Commissioner Canberra is bringing up is that it, it appears that at least with respect to whatever was released April 27th, 2021, we do have an email on the record indicating um, that the complainant directly received that link. Uh, and I think the outstanding question is just without having the materials contained in that link, 
um, available to us quickly at hand in this file, um, we're sort of at a loss for whether uh, it contained the, the information about the calls for service. Is that a fair summary of, of where we're at with what we're grappling over here? Okay. Um, I will just throw out that I'm, I'm of the mindset that if the complainant was alleging that calls for service were never produced, that that would have been said in the complaint somewhere. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't see that and I don't recall that being part of really the complainant's presentation. Um, again, to the point of kind of what the chief assistant city attorney had been thinking along the lines of offering prompt, it did seem like the argument was more about timeliness on this one. And I see that my time has expired and yet someone has to steer the ship. So um, Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. Um, I'd like to make a motion to add some more time back to Chair Lovato's <laughs> clock so she can keep steering the ship and we don't have to. So um, it looks like I have like 12 minutes and Commissioner Chen has 14, almost 15. So I'm thinking like give her like 10 more minutes up there is kind of a 10, 12 minutes. I don't know. Um, so she can have so she can continue to speak. I don't know what's a good time. I want to say 15 minutes because I just want her to keep leading the meeting. Um, <laughs> and I don't think she'll use it all, but um, is 15 minutes too much? Can we shake heads like yes or no? 15 minutes. Okay, so I move that we give give um, give Chair Lopalato 15 more minutes on her clock so she may continue to chair this meeting. I will second the motion. Madam Clerk, I'm at your mercy. If <laughs> you take a roll call vote. Commissioner Camera. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Chairman Pilato. Aye. Raise my four eyes. Thank you, Commissioner Montgomery. I will not, um, I'll do my best to be brief about my actual contributions, um, but I will I appreciate the time to help kind of piecing our, um, our collective thinking together uh, in a, a format that is, as far as I know, unprecedented on any other commission. So, um, and not really done in public meetings <laughs> on legal issues of this nature. So, um, all right, Commissioner Montgomery, your hand's still up. Did you have anything further you wanted to? Okay. Um, I kind of do. Yeah, please go for I, it. I feel like we've been batting this around a lot. And so we should probably maybe be heading toward making some kind of decisions. Um, and I think that you had a couple options before that you listed chair and maybe Commissioner Canberra had listed an option. Can can I hear those again? So we so we can, can we all hear those, what, what you're thinking again, which way we're leaning um, so we can make a motion and, and keep it moving. Commissioner Canberra, I know at one point you had kind of spoken up with some thoughts. Um, but I had gone, 
I guess initially that the list in 60, whatever it is, 54, was a pretty specific list. And I think we agree that at least some of that information actually was disclosed. And there was a question about whether the remainder of that information existed or not. And I think that's kind of the direction I was going in. So could we find that the city, you know, did not do the disclosure? And I don't think we have enough. I personally don't have enough facts to be able to sustain that complaint. Thank you, Commissioner Cameron. I can also, um, you know, some of the other things batted around were potentially no violation or no finding. And then another one was um, potentially um, combining the findings of two and four, um, finding a hybrid between two and four. Those are the other kind of big options that I noted. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, I am wondering if we could do uh, a little legal trick I like to call to the extent that dot, 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 <laughs> uh, which is really sort of what we're, it, it sounds like we're, we're getting into a bit here is, um, to the extent that materials covered by government code section 6254 F1 and F2A uh, were produced as part of the April 12th, 2022 disclosure, the commission makes a finding that disclosure was not properly made to the specific complainant. As the evidence reflects, he did not receive the email in which those records were disclosed to the extent that records covered by 6254 F1 and F2A were included in prior disclosures, which were directly sent to the complainant, the commission would find no violation. Is that capturing sort of the, I, I'm trying to marry kind of Commissioner Montgomery's and Commissioner Canberra's uh, contributions here. Commissioner Montgomery. I like that. That's yes, that's a yes for me. Okay, Vice Chair Chen, do you wanna chime in with anything? Okay, I just wanted to be sure. <laughs> um, Commissioner Canberra, thoughts on um, that delineation? Go ahead, Commissioner Canberra. Um, yeah, yes, I think I'm gonna go along with it. Yeah, I'm just feeling a little frustrated that we don't have enough facts and just even the structure of this hearing where we can't hear back from the individual, the complainant and the respondent to try and get more information to be able to make a more solid determination. So I'm feeling a little frustrated right now. I share that Commissioner Canberra and I wonder if um, a future solve for that could be some changes to our complaint procedure um, when the complaints are complex like this. You know, as our complaint procedure stands, it's sort of presentation, commissioner clarifying questions is really where a lot of these questions need to come in, but there was so much here that I think when we were in our commissioner clarifying questions section of this hearing, um, that alone would have taken two hours to, to really suss out the facts that we're needing as we go through our analysis. Now, um, uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney McKenzie, um, I would love to hear your thoughts on whether 
at this stage in the game, um, there's fairness to the parties and the possibility of engaging in further questions to the parties. I think you could take one of two routes. One is you could ask the parties if they have any, uh, with a majority vote um, to reopen clarifying questions since that part of your procedure has passed. If there's a majority vote of the commission that that's an appropriate thing to do, that's one approach. Another approach is similar to uh, the approach we took in a previous claim, which is um, the parties have had their opportunity to present evidence in support of, on the one hand, the claim, and on the other hand, a response. And if there is insufficient evidence in front that was put in front of you, it's also, in my view, acceptable to conclude that no finding is possible due to the lack of evidence. Thank you. Commissioner Camper? Uh, so I can appreciate the chief assistant attorney's view. Um, I am uh, pretty radically opposed to the second alternative that we just simply say we don't have enough information, which gives us the out of not making a finding. So I am much, much more leaning towards an opportunity for the parties to be able to um, supplement the record because we have made a number of assumptions here tonight that I have still feel uncomfortable with. And so I don't want to see a rigid hearing procedure that we've adopted that may not fit a, a real hearing. And I get back to some due process concerns. Yeah, Commissioner Camber, do you have, um, do you want to offer a specific motion about questions you would pose to the parties? Because what you know, you know, I think we need to be really targeted in the way that we open this up so that it doesn't become. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling with this and I keep thinking about um, in a litigation context where you get a tentative ruling, but then the parties get to come back in and say, but your honor, there was this or your honor, there was that. And I don't I don't want to go the formality of a tentative ruling. That's obviously a litigation thing, but something Maybe we go through the remainder of these, but let the parties um, submit responses. You know, we've made it pretty clear about the assumptions we've made, the information that we did not have, and let the parties come back. Yeah, I knew that was going to go over real well. <laughs> I'm... Um... I want to provide all opportunities uh, to the parties to, to, to be heard. And I think we have provided pretty extensive opportunities to be heard. And I think that we can, I want to believe we can make findings without relying heavily on assumptions. Um, Vice Chair Chen. Um, if we reopen it, we'll have to reopen the first two decisions we've made too. I mean, it just seems kind of um, endless. I, I get it. I get we should have structured this perhaps differently from the get go. But now that we're trying to um, fix it midstream, it feels like we'd have to then entertain feedback from the 
two sides for the two decisions we've made already. Thank you, Vice Chair Chen. I'm also, I'm also mindful of the fact that we had opportunities to ask questions during clarifying questions, and we had opportunities to ask questions in our supplemental questions. And so um, I wanna hold ourselves accountable as well. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney. I think um, the issue of due process would um, imagine that a party has not had the opportunity to make an argument. And in this case, you have offered both sides the opportunities to make arguments and submit evidence, not just once, but twice. So I, I, um, I, I can appreciate the, the desire to give um, everyone a fair shake, and in this case, two fair shakes, um, another word for due process, but it is, um, you, you have, you have done that. So I, I would not, um, if, if the decision is whether, if you're hung, if you're holding back and making a decision because of the um, concern that the parties have not been offered due process, I, I myself would not feel that either party has been denied due process because they have had the opportunity to bring forth evidence to put in front of you to either support or refute a claim. And that if, if they haven't done so, that, that, is, that is their decision. Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up as well. I'm gonna, I, I agree with Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, I'm not sure that no matter what questions we would ask in the future, we would get any different answers. We've pretty much asked a lot of these questions and the, ans and the answers came back the same way when we asked them the first time and pretty much a repeat, repeat um, answer when we, got our, when, when we got our answers back. If if the answer is no, we don't have any more records. It doesn't matter how many times or how many different ways that we ask that question, their answer is still going to be no. Um, and their answer is still going to be, re we released everything we were supposed to release. I don't think that we have any more questions to ask. We, For me personally, we've asked all those questions. They responded to those questions. I would not like to see us open it, open it up again. Thanks, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney, uh, before going back to Commissioner Canberra, I see your hand is still up. Was that from, okay. Um, and I, I don't know that we've relied heavily on assumptions uh, so far in our findings, but Commissioner Canberra, I wanna turn it back to you um, to share any further concerns. And specifically also with, with concerns about findings that we've made so far in this process. Yeah, so I just wanna remind us um, all that we have, um, two parties, one of them is actually the city and has the full force of the city attorney's office. And then we have a resident in the community that has brought this forward and not an attorney may not understand. Um, and I'm not going to make that assumption, but you know, you don't always know the law. We don't expect them to know the law. And I think it's part of our job to make sure that, excuse me, that we, even if we're not presented with all of the facts or not sure, we didn't know at the time to ask certain questions, that should not be a barrier to getting more information so that we give our complainant the, um, you know, the benefit of, um, a, and again, I won't use the, the term due process because chief assistant attorney, I think to a certain extent is correct, but we have a complaint that is not an attorney. And I think we have some obligation 
Thank you for that, Commissioner Canberra. Um, I, I appreciate the way that, that you're framing that. I will say he is an attorney, but obviously not in this area, just like we're not specialists in public law. Um, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not. Um, one thing I do want to flag is that in the supplemental commissioner questions, I, for this very purpose, did pose a question of, in light of this secondary report that had come out, can the complainant please list the records or types of records which he believes are disclosable and responsive to a CPRA request, but which have not yet been released or produced to him? I asked for a delineation of what records did you ask for that you did not get so that it could inform these discussions. Um, anyone is welcome to look at complainant's reply to local auto one question, which I think makes it a very reasonable argument of this places an undue burden on the complainant. I'm not supposed to give you a list. Same time, as we look here to try to identify what it is that we're talking about, a list would be helpful. Um, he did provide a list in response to Chen 1A. I think a very more specific, this is on the second page of uh, complainant's reply to commissioner questions, listing that his request was meant to encompass text messages, personal cell phones, internal emails, messages, phone records, notes, interviews of officers, billing records with the Renee Law Group, correspondence with all three bodies investigating the death of Mr. Gonzalez and every other record is defined by the CPR. So we did get that sort of list there. Now, I say that because I think that addresses some of what we've been discussing so far and trying to gauge a gap between what was produced and what was requested here. Um, Commissioner Canberra, I am wondering if you would feel more at ease and I'd be open to entertaining this. Uh, if, if what you're seeking is uh, clarification from the complainant regarding whether he is actually claiming that any items in F1 or F2A were not disclosed to him at all versus at the time he wanted them to be disclosed. Is that, would that assist you in moving forward with this claim? Um, because I think if we were able to identify very limited questions, we could potentially ask the parties at this stage. You're muted, Commissioner Camber. If you can give me a second, please. Sure. Um, so, you know, at, at this point, I think my concern is more with five, and I'm not sure I would anticipate any more concerns with six and eight, but I'd like to move forward now, but reserve and let us hear the other two. Okay. Just in case, if that if that's acceptable. Um, so where were we at? Where we were with claim five in our deliberations, um, uh, Commissioner Montgomery, I think, uh, had expressed uh, alignment with the, to the extent that the records were contained in the April 12th disclosure. There was uh, at least a technical violation with respect to the fact the records weren't disclosed directly to the complainant uh, to the extent the records identified in the subsections were disclosed to directly to complainant, then we find no violation. That was sort of where we left off. Um, Commissioner Canberra, with that phrasing, are you still uh, thinking that you would want to come back to this claim? 
I don't know. Well, I'm not trying to steamroll anyone here. I just, I, I want to keep it moving, not jump back and forth on claims too much, no, but also I guess, um, respecting yeah. everyone's, you know, contributions. I think let's go ahead and move forward that um, because there was no disclosure, we could move forward with a finding on that particular claim. Okay, well, I think um, Commissioner Montgomery, uh, I think if you're open to making a motion along the lines of that delineated finding, um, we may have uh, a majority to move forward here, um, perhaps even a unanimous vote, but it's not necessary. I'm going back to find the actual words here. Sure, Madam Clerk, I don't know if you can assist us at all on that. It was, so it was basically, you based it on the two dates. Is, is, so you found, you tied it to the specific code section and my, my writing is so bad. Um, but basically it was that Oh, this, I really need better handwriting. Um, the extent that the material code section is produced makes a finding that. So it was, part of it was that it had been priorly disclosed was the second part. Um, and therefore it wasn't a violation. And then it was the, that the, since they hadn't, okay. So it was the first part was that because the city didn't reach out, there was no, because the city didn't reach out, there was no response to him. And therefore that was, and then the second part was that then under the prior part, since the city had done it, there was no violation, right? So it was like the both sides. Yeah. I'm sorry, my writing is terrible on this no, section. I went too okay. fast. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, this is that one I had written down. So I'm, I'll just try to restate it along those lines on the fly. Is that Commissioner Montgomery? Would that be? I think this was originally a motion you were leaning towards. Okay. Um, to the extent that records specified in 6254 F1 and 6254F2A were produced via disclosures on April 12th, 2022. The commission finds a technical violation in that complainant, going back, that the city did not directly disclose the records to complainant. To the extent that the records specified in those same two subsections were disclosed directly to the complainant, the commission finds no violation. I mean, that latter one is kind of like, it's an obvious, like if, if these records were disclosed, there's no violation. So I don't, I don't know that we, but I, I think we kind of need to round out the uncertainty over um, 
when the records were produced, I also I'm wary of going into turf that is time barred. Commissioner Montgomery. I still move. <laughs> can you repeat, can um, maybe um, city clerk repeat um, the words of Chair Lopolato back and we'll make, so, we'll just turn that into a motion. Yeah, I think the first part was that it, since it wasn't produced as the 41222, it was a technical violation because the city didn't disclose. And then the prior um, disclosure you know, was that there was no violation, but, you know, um, just Commissioner Canberra, yeah. you might be going in the direction that I just, well, no, I just still have the question if they're on the earlier disclosure, there were they the city did release all the information it had as listed on page two, the fifth paragraph. If they disclosed it back when they released the video and the audio, then it was released. And we don't need to worry about the be no April, violation. April 12th because it was released. And we know that at least the audio tapes, you know, which which is part of the list in 6254 were released. So if there were no arrest records to release, then there's no violation. I think we're saying the same thing. Essentially, if, and maybe it's the addition of one phrase, if the items in these subsections don't exist or were released, there's no violation. If the items in the subsections were released via the April 12th disclosure, we would be finding a technical violation on the, on the same basis we did for the other um, claims. The only thing I'm just catching on that I wanna ask Chief Assistant City Attorney is I'm looking at the, the language of this statute, of course, um, The language of the claim section is to make public in the complaint. He phrases it as to make public the information. Um, so, can you, can you, uh, Chair Lopalato, can you just which page of the complaint? Sorry. Yeah. Um, complaint page two, claim five. Right. Whether respondent has complied with government code section 6254F1 expanded by Sunshine Ordinance section 2-92.8D1 to quote, make public the following information. And then there's the list of information. And the reason of course that I just got hung up on the phrase make public is that there were public disclosure. I don't want our finding to tie to his records request if in fact this is a claim fashioned around a failure to make information public as opposed to in response to his specific records request. Is that a distinction that we need to be considering? I guess is my question to you. Let me just check the um, corresponding language in the Sunshine Ordinance. 
Oh, that cites back to shall cooperate with members of the public making requests. So oh, okay. I think we are in our same. Okay. Thank All you. Right. <laughs> Sorry for that minor detour. Um, in, in the, the spirit of attempted accuracy. Um, all right, I think we have uh, a motion, right? From Commissioner Montgomery. Commissioner Canberra has expressed some concerns with that motion, though it sounds like I'm having difficulty understanding how what we're saying is different, but we, we, we can proceed. Commissioner Canberra. Well, I think it's the fact that we're trying to say that there, if the records were disclosed prior to April 12th, then you cannot have a technical violation of the disclosure on April 12th, right? If if that mm. all, all those records were submitted way back in the day, then you cannot have a technical violation prospectively, I guess. Sure. Let's change it with one word. If the only... Uh, The only instance in which these records identified in this subsection were disclosed was in April 12th, then there's a technical violation. Does that, I, I think your, your concern is well taken. Um, yeah, I guess I'm concerned with saying there's a technical violation, that that's what the concern is because there was a previous disclosure. Right, and, I, and I'm offering that our bifurcated finding is essentially if, if the records were, were previously produced in a way that was, that the complainant was given notice of and, and received, then there's no finding. If the only instance in which the records were produced was the April 12th disclosure, then we were finding a technical violation. And it seems, it just seems wishy-washy. You, you can't, I don't feel like you can have it both ways. I think short of anyone, uh, unless anyway, anyone has done an analysis, make, that, that's actually. Let's go forward and make the motion. I think yeah, it's I th appropriate think can, to make the motion at this time. I think we can move on. Um, I will just flag for, for the public and any future parties, it is very helpful if we are actually provided with the full scope of the records request and the records produced so that we can make that comparison. And that helps us as a commission avoid situations like that. And this was a, a very challenging aspect of this complaint. Um, and uh, and, and it, I'm, either party is, is welcome to be the ones to, to provide us with that information in the future. Um, Commissioner Montgomery, how are you feeling about that motion? Let's hear it one more time from the top. <laughs> okay. Um, I would love it if someone else can wordsmith some of these things, <laughs> a future claim, but I will take another crack at it. Um, to the extent that records specified in government code section 6254F1 and 6254F2A were produced in a if the only instance was, is what you had said before, was on yeah. April 12th. Yeah, okay. I went to the first one first, um, chronologically. If the, if, um, if the records specified in that section, those two subsections were produced in a, uh, in a disclosure 
for for which the city directly corresponded with the complainant, then the commission finds no violation. It's the only instance in which records identified in subsection 654 F1 or F2A was in the April 12th, 2022 disclosure of which the commission finds the complainant did not receive notice, then the commission finds a technical violation. How does everybody feel about that language? Or something else entirely? Commissioner Montgomery, you're the, you're the, the Zoom box I'm looking at and then whether we have a second on that as a motion um, or if someone wants to offer something completely different. I think that works, that, that, that cover, for me that works, that covers both of my problems and issues with and this is, one. Is that- So I so move. Okay. <laughs> okay, do we have a second, Vice Chair Chen? I second that. Okay, Madam Clerk, can you take a roll call vote? Commissioners Canberra. Nay. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Yes. Chair Locolato. Aye. Carries three to two. One, three to one, sorry. All right, moving along to claim number six. Um, withholding, about withholding entire records, the complainant has framed the issue presented as whether respondent has complied with the prohibition on withholding entire records and the further requirement to explain withheld information in writing as required by Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-92.11. Uh, for the purposes of our discussion tonight and our written decision, I think we can frame the issue for decision as with respect to actions taken by the city after March 29th, 2022, did the city violate Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-92.11 by improperly withholding entire records and or failing to explain redacted or withheld information or documents in writing? Commissioners, do we have agreement on that statement of the issue? Before we start any clocks on deliberation timing, I want to invite commissioners or the chief assistant city attorney to uh, propose any refinements to that language. All right. Hearing no objections, uh, let's dive in. Um, I do think this might be helpful here. Uh, section, Sunshine Ordinance Section 2-9211 uh, is very brief. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it to help frame our discussions. Um, and this would be not really part of deliberations, uh, Madam Clerk, this is just kind of to orient us. Um, 92.11 of the Sunshine Ordinance says, no record, or actually, Chief Assistant City Attorney, do you wanna read to us <laughs> that statutory section so that we have, know what we're working with here? Just one moment. I'm gonna pull it from the website, worried that my, uh, printout in my binder might be outdated. So bear with me. In the meantime, I might just flag for commissioners that um, 
given the information we heard earlier tonight, we may need to break our analysis apart between records withheld on the basis of the DA's investigation and records withheld on the basis of the administrative investigation. Okay, and to make sure we are talking about 2-92.11, correct? Yeah, withholding okay. restrictions. Okay, no record shall be withheld from disclosure in its entirety unless all information contained in it is exempt from disclosure by law. Any redacted or withheld information or documents shall be explained in writing. Thank you. One of the shorter provisions of yes. the uh, ordinance. Yes, much easier than reading all of 6254F into the record. Uh, Thank you for so, not asking me to do that. <laughs> though it might have helped us now okay. in hindsight. That's true. Um, so uh, with that, um, I'll, I'll make one other note. This statutory language about withholding, is it's slightly different than the other claims, right? Because Chief Assistant City Attorney, correct me if I'm wrong, but this would be addressing the decision point to withhold records after those records have been determined by the agency to be responsive. Is that analysis? Correct. Okay. Um, so we're really looking at the question, not of determining scope, but, but withholding things that have already been determined to be responsive. Um, so commissioners, uh, let's open it up. Who would like to begin uh, the discussion around this? Commissioner Canberra. Um, so I just want to get a clarification that the, the city's reliance on penal code 832.7 and other um, provisions that said the city could not disclose information because there was an active investigation going on does not apply in this case to the disclosure for April 12th because the investigation had been excuse me had been concluded is that a question for me commissioner Canberra yes yes uh, that's my understanding of the city's position okay I'm not making the argument but just no, just, I just wanted to make okay. sure I got a clarification because obviously before that, before the investigation was concluded, that was the primary reason for not disclosing. Correct. This may be a distinction without a difference, but I do think it's, um, it's an optional withhold. Isn't it? I think you framed it as that they were like required to withhold. And I think it was a they're open to make the judgment call to withhold. Uh, yes, possibly. So that might be a fine point on the language, correct? All right, Commissioner. So we are we are looking at records that were withheld in full. Obviously, to Commissioner Canberra's point, there's um, some consideration here to uh, exemptions that may have applied, when they applied, when they stopped applying. Um, we would like to begin discussions or make a motion. Uh, also, Vice Chair Chen, since this does, uh, this ordinance section does refer to redacted or withheld information. I know there was um, some thoughts you had on that point earlier. Yeah, I don't think I have enough uh, legal expertise to determine um, whether or not they they were they were that the option was um, overly 
applied to redact the information. I mean, I don't know, you know, um, I guess this is like the crux of all of this where we don't know what we don't know. And um, it just seems that, you know, this, the uh, uh, 832.7B8, gives it kind of an out, the whole 60 days thing. Thank you, Vice Chair. That's not much of an answer, but yes. <laughs> best I can squeeze out. Okay. Um, and I do want to keep everybody mindful of our time restrictions here, right? So uh, we are not looking back at um, the justification that was given uh, at the initial chief assistant city attorney, please correct me if I'm wrong, but right, we're looking at actions from March 29th, 2022 forward. Correct. Okay. Based on a, de a decision that you all voted on at the be beginning of the meeting a couple weeks ago. Right. Commissioner Canberra, I saw a flash of a hand. Yes, and I was trying to remember to look because I don't know the exact words and I was I wanted to take some time is that the city's reason for withholding specific data from the entire disclosure was um, medical information and then there was one other reason and I was looking for that other reason that information was being withheld. So the city did give a justification for why it was not going to disclose certain information and I know it was uh, health medical privacy was one and I was looking to see if I could find the other one sure um to get out of me reading the record back in for everyone all the time um I'm wondering if chief assistant city attorney or madam clerk wants to read I think commissioner Camper, you're talking about the um stated reasons for redactions in the April 12th email that went out? Yes, uh, maybe that's it, okay. yes. It's exhibit four to uh, the respondent's brief. Exhibit four. Oh yes, unwarranted invasion of privacy and personally identified information. Oh wait, exhibit four? Yeah. Um, Oh, confidential medical, financial, or other information of which disclosure is specifically prohibited by federal law or would cause an unwarranted invasion of personal privacy and penal. Oh, they still cite. Oh, penal code 8327B7, personal identifying information of witnesses, including juveniles. So those are the those are the stated reasons. Yeah. And so thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I uh, so I think our questions here are really, you know, whether legal exemptions existed to justify the full withholding of any records and whether the explanations that were given in writing for withholding records or redacting information were sufficient. That's um, that's the way I, I see the question here. And Per typical quorum, I'm attempting to go last and um, to allow other commissioners to share their thoughts. 
Mr. Chamber. Trying to get my hand down is what I was trying to do. Um, but just in looking at these and not getting into the law, they, I mean, they seem relatively broad in their description of what can still be withheld. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to be the one to interpret any of these statutes. So without some guidance somewhere, I'm just looking at them and say they look relatively broad. Okay, any other commissioners? Um, I'll go ahead and offer some thoughts if no one else wants to chime in. Okay, um, and now I'm deliberating. Madam Clark, you've been so generous with me, thank you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I think we have several tiers of records to address here. Um, and, uh, these are just my thoughts. This is not me attempting to, to steer us here. So just a, a lone commissioner. Um, I think we, you know, can be looking at records produced on April 12th that were withheld in full prior to the DA's decision not to prosecute, um, on those. My thinking is the Sunshine Ordinance requires there to be some legal exemption for withholding records in full, reviewing what was released on April 12th and um, staying mindful of the timeframe in which we're allowed to analyze this claim, meaning not going back and questioning decisions and justifications that were made in 2021. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable finding no violation in the city's decision to withhold those records in full until after the DA's decision not to prosecute under the exemption outlined in Penal Code Section 832.7B8A. Um, and I think that's to Commissioner Camper's point, you know, they're fairly broad uh, sections of, of what you're able to withhold. Um, and the facts presented to us by the respondent was that all of the information that was given to the DA is what was then produced. And so I think it's reasonable and I'm, I'm comfortable giving some deference to uh, the belief that it was better to take a, an approach in which uh, those materials that were given for the investigation were not produced until the investigation was concluded. Um, I think there are other ways in which possibly the communications with the complainant were not you know, compliant with 832.7B8A, but that question isn't exactly before us. Um, I think we've learned that there were potentially records in the city's possession that have been withheld pending the administrative investigation. Um, to the extent those records were in the city's possession prior to the administrative investigator preparing new documents, to the extent these were city records that are still being withheld simply because they are exhibits in this, um, you know, I would, I would likely find a violation there on the basis that um, the penal code section 832.7B8C only creates an exemption to withhold records due to a pending administrative investigation for 180 days after the discovery of use of force. Um, to Commissioner Camper's point earlier, uh, this is a spot where it's difficult to make a finding because we don't, the information given to us by respondent today was ambiguous as to whether there are any records that were in the city's possession previously that have not been disclosed. We don't know yet. Um, nonetheless, 
the explanation of any records being withheld was never given in writing. Um, and that whole concept still remains ambiguous about documents being withheld with the administrative investigation. And so um, I think there may be room for us to explore a finding of a possible violation there. Um, with the redactions, uh, I think there's two separate issues. Uh, I personally would find no violation with respect to the level of description given in explaining the redactions in the city's April 12th, 2022 email. Um, or the fact that redaction explanations were given in an overarching list rather than record by record. We've previously confirmed there's no requirement for a privilege log. Um, I am in agreement with that. Uh, I, I don't see a requirement under the law to provide more explanation than what was given in the April 12, 2022 email. Um, however, as just a member of the community, and that's how we sit here as a commissioner, um, I would hope that if Mr. Frazier or any other requester went back to the city, with questions about a specific record redaction, that respondent would actually explain which of those listed redactions applies to that record. Um, however, here, the evidence presented reflects that the city omitted Mr. Frazier from the April 12th email disclosing the records. So in my opinion, you know, as we've discussed, even if that omission was inadvertent, it would constitute at least a technical violation because he never received an explanation of redacted material in writing as required by the Sunshine Ordinance. So there's there's a lot out there that maybe other commissioners want to poke apart or pull from. Commissioner Montgomery, I see you making verbal gestures. Was that three things or two things? I think that was three things total between records withheld pursuant to the DA's decision pending the DA's investigation, um, records withheld pending the administrative investigation. That troubles me um, though, I, I to Commissioner Camper's points earlier, I'm, I'm not sure that we actually have enough information to make findings based on that, even with the follow-up questions to respondent today um, and then redactions as, a, as sort of a separate issue. Um, you can carve out that middle one if, if you share discomfort on making findings regarding withholding administrative investigation records since we don't know what's been withheld. Commissioner Montgomery. Hard to make decisions on things that you can't see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, based on what we have, I'm feeling like The city, the city probably did what they were supposed to do. I'm not feeling like I like that that's the way it turned out, but based on the ordinances, it, it looks like they followed them. Okay, we have Commissioner Montgomery leaning towards uh, finding of no violation. Um, Commissioner Camber. Yeah, I just want to get a clarification because we know that Mr. Frazier did not get the April 12th letter, right? With the link in it. That's, and we've so, made a factual finding along those lines. Yeah. Right? And so was that, was that information in, in essence withheld because it wasn't disclosed? Oh, as in, do you mean that like the basis for redactions because that was contained in the email or do you mean the whole suite of records that were produced? Well, that he should have been in, 
entitled to, right? On April 12th, there was supposed to be the disclosure and he didn't get the link. So he didn't see the link and he didn't see any of the justifications for the redaction. So isn't that still, isn't that information, instead of some of the information being withheld, all of the information was negligently withheld? Functionally withheld, maybe, since it was available out in the world, but not. Well, I mean, he's entitled to receive the information from the city, right? He does not have to, they have to, we have concluded that they have to send him a link or they have to send him the information that's required under the CPRA. He didn't get that. So is withheld like intentionally withholding versus just not getting it? Chief Assistant City Attorney, do you want to weigh in? I don't, I don't see any knowingly or intentional requirement in here. This is correct. Um, they're, they're, the statute is silent as to intent. So I, I know that there's been discussion about a technical violation, a negligent violation, an intentional, but uh, it, um, that's reading a distinction into the law that's not there. And as to whether you can include a characterization of an alleged viol or it wouldn't be alleged if you conclude there is a, a, um, a violation. I don't see, or I, it is entirely appropriate if one of your findings be found, uh, be that the commission believes that the, um, the withholding was, or the failure to send the email was intentional or negligent. It's just, it's not part of the, the actual violation. Is that my, can I explain better or? Basically you can, you can, you can't, if you would um, like to include a characterization of how you believe the violation was made, you can, it's just, it, it wouldn't be, that's not part of the violation. So you can make a finding saying, um, the commission concludes by blank to blank vote that um, this violation was a negligent violation or was the, the, the omission of the um, complainant on the BCC line was done negligently and not with intent. Um, you can do that. You don't have to. You can you can go either way. It would just have no relevance. Correct. That's a good way. It would of have, it would have yes. no relevance. <laughs> yes. But if if it would make if 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 any of you or if, if the will of the commission or the majority of the commission wishes to provide some additional context that would be included in the statement of decision, you can do that. Thank you, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Um, and I will put in a plug for as much context in our decisions as we are comfortable with because I think it makes for better decisions. Vice Chair Chen. I don't know what the intent was in the omission. So all I can say is the city failed to um, send the respondent, I mean the complainant, the information that he had requested within the, you know, with, within the time limit they had. So they, it did, he didn't get it. 
they didn't send it. So that's a violation. You, Vice Chair Chen. So yeah, it sounds like we're getting some traction around uh, the, rather than engaging with the question of, um, is there a legal exemption that applies to withhold these records or some of the other questions that might come up under the statute? It sounds like, again, commissioners, we are sort of back in that space that we've been for some of the other claims in which there would be a violation on the basis of that failure to have included the complainant in the April 12th email with the link. Am I reporting that back, summarizing that correctly, Vice Chair Chen and Commissioner Canberra, you've also expressed that? Yeah. Vice, or Commissioner Canberra. I need time. A recess? No, I only have five seconds left. Oh, Commissioner Montgomery. I'll move to give Commissioner Canberra some more time. Um, <laughs> Let's see, I still have 10 and Vice Chair 10 has 13. So 10 minutes, is, is, is that yeah. good for you, Commissioner? Yes. All right, I move that he gets 10 more minutes added to his clock. Do we have a second? Second. Vice Chair 10, Madam Clerk, can you take a roll call vote? Vice Chair is Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Chair Lopalato. Aye. Carries by four eyes. All right, um, Commissioner Montgomery, your hand is still up. Did you have, okay. Um, Commissioner Canberra, back to you with extra time. Down. Down. Um, I just lost my train of thought now. So just, we need to move on. <laughs> okay, um, so reorienting. Um, I think where we were at was, it sounded like, um, just to sort of summarize, uh, I had thrown out some engagement with the, the underlying questions related to the statute. Um, I think there's some very, uh, you know, compelling discussion going on around uh, whether or not we even engage with those questions, given the withholding of records on the basis that uh, the complainant was omitted from the email disclosing the records. Commissioner Montgomery, I see your hand up. I'm ready to make a motion. If okay. you were if you were done speaking, I was. I'd love to hear your motion. Okay, so I'm going to move that um, that we sustain this one due to the fact that he never received the email. He just didn't get it, and if you don't get it, it's being withheld from you. I, I don't know if we need to put a lot of other words on it. I mean, he just didn't get the email. So that's the motion I, I, I moved to sustain this one. Okay. And um, do we have a second or any friendly amendments? Vice Chair Chen? I'll second that. Okay, great. Um, and a uh, clarification question for me, Commissioner Montgomery, do you have any desire to delineate between records withheld in full and explanations of redactions or um, to just leave it as all encompassing? I do not. Okay, great. Madam Clerk, can uh, we get a roll call vote on Commissioner Montgomery's motion? 
Mr. Canberra. Aye. Chen. Aye. Montgomery. Aye. Sherlock Pilato. Aye. That carries by four eyes. Okay. Um, now, we do have uh, Kieran Correct to discuss here. Commissioner Montgomery, was your intention to sustain this claim with a Kieran Correct or without a Kieran Correct? You probably should have clarified that earlier. And I will also offer that given that we keep coming back to the same basis for, um, for sustaining claims, we, I, we could also just have our pure and correct apply to the complaint as a whole. Yes. Um, is the latter sounds more appealing to you? Yes, because there's so many issues within this that we keep coming back to that. There just wasn't the email sent. So more communication, right? At which the same Karen Correct would would encourage. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney, does that um, seem reasonable to have our our Karen Correct either, I guess, repeated under each claim in which we find that as a basis, or or to do it for the complaint as a whole? I think it could be either. Um, just tell if you tell me. It, it seems that there's a certain pattern. So, to the extent that I, I think I would prefer for specificity to have the Karen Correct cure and correct listed um, as applicable to each claim. I would agree. Okay, I see a thumbs up from Commissioner Canberra. Okay, great. So um, uh, I don't know if we need to make, uh, actually, Commissioner Montgomery, do you mind? Let's just get this on the record. Um, if you'd be willing to make another motion that um, in any instance in which uh, or in this instance in which the, uh, let me back up. Uh, if you'd like to make a motion incorporating the cure and correct recommendation from, was that claim two? Uh, into, into this claim finding. I think since you were the maker of the motion that probably be most appropriate coming from you. I move that we, that we take our cure and correct from the above and apply it to this motion as well, to this finding as well. Do we have a second? I see a hand from Vice Chair Chen. Can you verbalize it? Sorry, just for the, or Madam Clerk. If that, I okay, Madam Clerk, can we get a roll call vote on incorporating the cure and correct? Commissioner Canberra. Aye. Chen. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> you're okay, Montgomery. Aye. Charlotte Pilato. Aye. Night carries by four eyes. Okay. Can, can, I'm sorry. Can I just get clarification? Which, which claim was that corresponding to? This six. was, yeah, this was on six. six. Oh, this was on six. Okay. I, I thought and for some reason I heard claim two. Sorry. Right, right, right. We were talking about incorporating the same care and correct recommendation um, I said, I think it was under claim two, but that'll be apparent from, from the video or the minutes. Um, okay. With that, does anyone have any other, um, aspects of claim number six, they wanted to make any further findings around, or are we ready to move on to claim number eight? All right. Looks like we're ready for claim number eight. Um, 
Okay, whether uh, responses to the PRA request was timely, it's the sort of thrust of this, this issue. Um, complainant has framed the issue presented as whether respondent has responded to the public information request in a timely manner for purposes of the CPRA and relevant case law. Uh, for the purposes of our discussion tonight and our written decision, I think we can frame the issue for decision as with respect to actions taken by the city after March 29th, 2022, did the city respond to Mr. Fraser's PRA request in a timely manner? So commissioners, um, I don't think that was a controversial reframing, but do we have agreement generally on that statement of the issue um, to be incorporated into our decision and to frame our discussion? Okay. Um, hearing no objections from commissioners or chief assistant city attorney, I would say let's open it up to commissioners on claim number eight for discussion. Who would like to kick off the discussion of whether the request was timely? The city's response to the PRA request was timely. Vice Chair Chen. So this is just a repeat of everything we've been doing all night, which was, it wasn't timely because they didn't send it to them. Um, and I can't think of anything more to say about that. I do have a comment in general that um, this is just a comment that I think you and I have sat through multiple uh, PRA complaints regarding the police department and it, it, it's a variation on the same theme. And so we really need to apply that to our next annual report about how we can help the police department and help the community better understand each other's challenges to responding to PRAs and how we can increase transparency. But we're just having the same discussions over and over again. And the other thing I have to say is that it seems that the PRA requests that get log jammed only get unlog jammed when people actually file a complaint. So that's another problem. I'm making a note on the time to come back to this for our, uh, to your exact statement for our annual report. Um, discussions in the future. Um, thank you, Vice Chair Chen. Um, Anyone else uh, want to offer any thoughts with respect to claim number eight? Commissioner Canberra. Yeah, I'll just uh, concur with Vice Chair Chen. If it wasn't sent, it can't be timely. <laughs> Short and sweet. Yes. All right, I see some nods from Commissioner Montgomery. Um, sounds like we are uh, probably fairly close to uh, potentially a motion along the same lines as uh, other items that were discussed. Um, and I guess maybe a, a first question is, does anyone, um, notwithstanding that finding or in addition to that finding, does anyone want to um, engage with any of the, the questions about timeliness of the sort of disclosure um, or do we want to stay limited to 
the lack of disclosure to this specific complainant. Just trying to keep space for it all if anybody wants to go there. Okay. All right. Um, we've had some very uh, short and sweet descriptions of what a, a possible finding could be. Does anyone want to make a motion? Vice Chair Chen. Uh, I move that we sustain this complaint uh, based on the fact that uh, the complainant did not receive the, uh, the appropriate link in time, period. <laughs> I was going to say, could I make a friendly amendment to get rid of in time since we're not looking at yes. it? Did not, did not receive the link to the documents. Okay, Commissioner Camber. I'll second the motion. All right. Um, do we have any discussion anyone wants to engage in or friendly amendments? Commissioner Montgomery. Will we add the same cure and correct to this? Great question. Um, do you want to make that as a friendly amendment to Vice Chair Chen's motion? Yes. Vice Chair Chen, do you accept the friendly amendment? Absolutely. All right, Commissioner Camber, does your second still stand? Yes. Okay. Can uh, I'm just for clarity, can you just recite the exact language of the cure and correct? I think I think this was incorporating the cure and correct um, from the earlier section, um, which I, I believe we took from what I had read off from notes I had. Do you want me to 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 read those from that we said earlier or if you would, just because I want to make now, sure that my notes are <laughs> similar to um, uh, Ms. Weisinger, I'm, my handwriting is not as good as it should be. <laughs> sure. Um, so let me get back up in my notes to where, let's see, we ultimately brought it under claim number two. Um, it was like confer with Mr. Frazier. Yeah, in, um, my, in my mental framing, uh, I had it under claim number four. About the types of records. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I have it and it's open for refinement. Absolutely. I have it as um, uh, number one, confer with Mr. Frazier about the types of records he has articulated a request for, including in his supplemental reply to Vice Chair Chen's question 1A and produce any further responsive records that aren't required by law to be withheld or redacted. Uh, I had a note in there. In doing so, the city may want to consult government code 6253.1, which outlines ways in which an agency must assist a member of the public requesting records now that the ongoing investigation exemption is no longer in play. And two, to the extent applicable, expedite production of any remaining responsive records withheld due to the administrative investigation and ensure that Mr. Frazier is directly included in any notifications about the availability of those records. Commissioners, does that feel like what we've been wanting it? Okay. Okay. Then um, are we, did we do a roll call vote yet? Sorry, I'm somehow lost in my- We have okay. not. Okay, lost in my notes. Um, all right, so we had Vice Chair Chen's motion. The friendly amendment was accepted to incorporate the care and correct. Commissioner Canberra's second 
continues to stand after the reading of the Caring Correct, then um, Madam Clerk, can we take a roll call vote? Mr. Cameron. Aye. Chen. Yes. Montgomery. Aye. Chair Lopalata. Aye. That carries by four eyes. Okay, well, um, before we wrap up, uh, I do uh, want to uh, open the floor to commissioners on um, potential discussion of any uh, other particular factual findings or other things that we feel are essential to be incorporated in the written decision um, that we might want to discuss as a group. Uh, that's a one topic for discussion. I think another topic for discussion is whether um, there is any interest in making uh, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, sounds like uh, next question would be to uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney. Uh, as the, the one being tasked with the Herculean effort of um, putting together a written decision, do you feel that, that you will have what you need from uh, the discussion in the hearing, or are there any sort of topic areas that in looking through your recollection and notes that we need to flesh out a little further? I think, uh, I think between my notes and the video, I should be fine to draft something, and then I will share the draft with each of you and um, hopefully be able to marry all those comments into a um, written document that would be signed by each of you. Okay, that sounds good. The one um, thing that's nagging at me that I would like to throw out to everyone, um, we had, I think, some differences of opinion on um, whether to address what this, this violation that we relied on for virtually every claim that we found a violation for. Um, I think there's been some differences in thought as to whether we should acknowledge that that may have been an inadvertent omission um, relative to not wanting to weigh in on intent. Um, and so before we wrap up, I did wanna create space for possibly um, incorporating some type of sentence, at least along about the discussion along those lines, because I do think that um, a decision carries a somewhat different lens if the findings are the city was hiding the ball over and over, they purposely held this guy off of the email chain versus the commission makes no finding as to whether the omission of the complainant was intentional or not. Um, I don't think that we were really going in the former direction. I think there's kind of that middle path of not making a finding um, or we can just stay silent on it. Um, and I wanted to kind of open that up for commissioner thoughts. Commissioner Canberra. Um, so I'll chime in, but I um, am recognizing that this has little relevance in the decision because these are all kind of technical statutory fact-based. Fact um, at the same time, if the city had not sent out the link to any of the people that had made Public Records Act requests, 
I would be viewing this far differently, but that doesn't seem to be the case. And yes, one person did not get it. And those are violations. And I think we're all in agreement on that. But um, again, kind of thinking, is there intent or what was it negligent? And so I guess if the commission wants to add something, I definitely would be supporting um, some kind of language that said this was technical um, in nature. I'm wondering about, um, because I think it goes to more like the impact of the violation or the egregiousness of the violation um, in some respects, though I agree that it, it doesn't, uh, you know, it's, it's not really like required to, to support any of our findings. Um, and so given, because I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of Commissioner Camber's concerns about the fact that we are kind of making, we're, we're relying quite a bit on a factual finding that we made based on one party offering evidence, the other party not offering evidence. Um, and so I'm, I'm just trying to keep space for the inclusion of some type of sentence along the lines of, you know, uh, as the, as the, questions before the commission do not require any, you know, intentional acts by the city, the commission makes no finding as to whether the omission of Mr. Frazier from the email was inadvertent or not, or something like that. Um, Commissioner Montgomery. I'm, I'm not sure it's on us to judge their intent um, or to speak toward their intent on either side. Um, only to see what we saw. So um, I do think that that anytime we we have to be careful about saying making statements like you know not do not purposeful um, because we want them to remain with their eyes open and to do better. So. I'm, I'm reticent to make a statement that says, ah, oh, y'all didn't do it on purpose because that's just like, it's too easy. They're, they're, we're city, they're city employees. They have things they have to do and they know the rules. And I kind of want them to follow those rules. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to slap or spank anybody, but I'm also not trying to sit back and go, ah, it's okay, you made a mistake. And, and I feel like if we, if we have to be very careful in our, in our words, if we're going to say that they didn't do it, um, that it wasn't purposeful, that we, we have to be careful that we're not just saying it's okay at the same time, even though we've made rulings, we just have to be careful in our, in our words, that, that our words hold true to our um, findings. I like that. Thanks, Commissioner Montgomery. Um, okay, hearing that, I, um, I don't know that we need to explore it any further. I think that uh, the, perhaps what, I, what I'm getting at is that I, I just hope that the decision, and I, I would expect the decision will be drafted in such a way to reflect that, um, certainly not saying anything was definitively inadvertent, I also don't want it to seem as if these deliberations were hinging on an assumption that something was purposeful. You know, I think we are in the middle. We didn't need to make, to Commissioner Montgomery's point, 
it's not up for us to judge to points that have been made. We didn't have any evidence along these lines before us. And so um, I think that's just really kind of where I'm at of wanting to be sure that uh, that the decision doesn't really imply one way or the other. Commissioner Montgomery. Um, did, have we done this in the past? I don't know what our precedent is and on past decisions. I know I'm one of the newer, newer commissioners. So I, is this something that we always do? Um, I don't remember it in the in the couple of hearings that I've sat in that we that we made a statement like that. So I'm wondering what the precedence for that is. Yeah, yeah. And um, let me clarify. I'm I'm not anticipating like a separate called out heading type of major finding sort of statement. I'm thinking more in the description of the factual background um, or in the, you know, somewhere in there um, that there could either be a statement sort of making it clear that sort of no finding about intentionality was made or, um, or just leaving that blank and, you know, the tone obviously of the decision not reflecting that a finding was made one way or the other there. Um, the past precedent, and I would certainly ask uh, Chief Assistant City Attorney or the clerk to, to weigh in, but um, we have referred to substantial compliance. We have referred to technical violations before, um, which is kind of why I feel like this is sort of an offshoot of that in some ways. Um, Chief Assistant City Attorney in the country. How about, I, I, I was planning on just noting it in the general description that the commissioners discussed basically these issues of intentionality and negligence and ultimately um, opted not to include that in their decision. So your, your, your conversation will be noted, um, but it won't be part of the decision, which I think is accurate as to what happened. Absolutely, that sounds perfect to me. Um, Commissioner Canberra? Yeah, so I concur. And you know, I, I'm, my feeling is that if the four of us did not feel the same way, that I would like to see, since it's not relevant, I think it should be something, if we were going to include anything, that it would have to reflect our collective views. And I'm not hearing that there's a collective view. So I think um, Chief Assistant City Attorney has a good way of resolving it. Completely agree. And that's exactly the kind of footnote, almost, that, uh, that I was kind of thinking might be appropriate here. Um, just because I'm, I'm mindful of how these documents can be sort of used and misconstrued sometimes. Um, okay, great. Uh, commissioners, anything else uh, that we need to cover? I don't think so. Madam Clerk, anything that we need to cover? Commissioner Canberra. So I'm not suggesting we do this tonight, but there was one other item on the agenda and I'm assuming we will be postponing that until the next hearing having to do with the unfounded, we were gonna, that was agendized to discuss the unfounded um, aspect of our decisions. And I'm not suggesting we do it tonight. So everybody take a breath. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this item was only continued tonight. So you can't, uh, anyway. Oh, so, yeah. I see, okay. And um, Madam Clerk, I, I, if you happen to know offhand, I, I know that that was the sort of the continuation. Did we make any motions in the last meeting about, okay. So maybe that can be a sort of conference offline with the clerk's office as to um, which which meeting that gets set for. Um, I will yeah. tell you Monday is the, in July is July 4th. So that's not an option. 
No. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I mean, June 6th, the agenda for June 6th would have to go out next Thursday. So it's. I'm, okay. I'm not suggesting we even go June 6th. If that's the only item that we have, I think I would be happy with putting it off. I just don't want it to go forever. So maybe we say are we August or September, maybe. Perhaps the, the, like the next agenda on which we have other items of business. That's sort of the way we've been framing Yeah, maybe it. not to, I, yes, I'd like to try and do this before we get to another hearing, just in case it does come up. I'd like to have some guidance prior to having a hearing where it might come up, that's all. Yeah, that's, that sounds reasonable. Um, all right, well, with that, uh, commissioners, thank you, Commissioner Camper for that. Flag on um, future Vice Chair Chen. Oh. I wanted to ask if we need to agendize the contents for the annual report and also um, the, uh, what, what's that program called? The next, uh, Madam City Clerk, the, uh, the way people are filing public records acts. Next request. Next request. So next request kind of replaced that nice, report that staff used to do for us, you know, um, showing us accumulated how many PRA requests there were and how they came out and things like that. So um, so it's two things. <laughs> One is an, uh, an agenda item that looks at the table of contents or whatever for our next commission annual report and a report from staff about uh, PRA requests and um, the outcomes of, of the uh, complaints. I think, uh, Madam Clerk, correct me if I'm wrong, what we probably need to do is cover, that sounds like a commissioner initiated agenda request to me, um, which is covered in our bylaws. So we could, Vice Chair Chen can bring that in to the extent it wasn't already going to be on any future very soon upcoming agendas, which we're tracking at least one of those items. Um, city assistant, chief assistant city attorney, McKenzie. Yeah, bring I, us I, in here. Okay, well, I, I just I just wanted to clarify if that was a commissioner communication. I just wanna stick within the bounds of our agenda. So, and I think perhaps you were talking along the same line that Vice Chair Chen's um, suggestion can uh, be directed through our our own bylaws about how to get that onto a next agenda. I would suggest we do that versus have a discussion that's not agendized. Sounds good, thank you. Um, Vice Chair Chen, sound good? Yeah. Okay, we've got it, all right. Okay, with that, um, thank you everyone for uh, time, patience. Thank you to the parties. I, I see you attending as attendees there. Thank you for your patience as we uh, muddled through this and um, as we do our best each time. So um, I will with that uh, adjourn this uh, May 18th meeting of the Open Government Commission. The ninth. It's, it's still May 18th. It is. We finished before tomorrow, it's a win. <laughs> <laughs>